I've been thinking about this for some time. I got a freaky temptation burning deep inside. You see, the script's already rolling and the bedroom is the set. I hope you know the lines because one take is all we get. The Pussycat Dolls. Lights, camera, action. <laughs> this is modern escapism. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the show. My name is Oodles, the Juve Bowl of podcast hosts, and today I am joined by the editor that turns this eight-hour epic into a cohesive vision. It's Gadget. Hello. The leading man that breaks all hearts and the star of What Women Want, Sleepless in Seattle, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Biggie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think. Some people call him North Yorkshire's answer to Mark Commode. Or the thinking man's film critic, it's Stig. Hello. And Candy isn't joining us tonight as she's building a time machine to go back to when she agreed to be on this show and say no. So again, <laughs> welcome to the boy zone. But we have very special guests this week. Joining us are the effervescent and ultimately better than us <laughs> hosts of the sequelizers. We've got two of them, Jack Chambers and Tim Matum. Welcome to Modern Escapism. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's an absolute well, pleasure. <laughs> so, before we go into chats and stuff like that, Stig would like to sell something to you all, the listeners, that is. Yes, if you like what we do, we have a Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you can see the three tiers we do on there. First up is modern escapees. For £5 a month, you will get an extended edition of this episode every week, at least one monthly special and any other special that we do. Uh, too Faff, Too Curious will be back very soon. I hear that uh, a watch along and record is happening very Probably soon. Probably the best thing we've produced. Yes. <laughs> well, it's better than the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from Five. Five is good. No, oh, thank five you. Five is the last one thank we did. You. Five is really good. No, Cut him off now. They don't like anything. <laughs> Uh, we also do a Dungeons and Dragons play podcast called Do Dragons Dream of Scott Sheep and £5 a month Scott Sheep tier gets you ad-free early access of the episodes as well as some artwork that Candy will draw for the show and any other original pieces we put together such as music, maps, character sheets and you'll also be able to suggest item names and NPCs for Gadget to use and £7.50, the biggie bundle, that gets you everything. Oh, it does get you. And, and let me just say, Scott Sheep Season 2. Woo! <laughs> three episodes in the can at the minute, and I'm already regretting life decisions. It's just, <laughs> these, these idiots have clearly gotten bored of just listening to whatever I tell them to do, and they've just gone off and done their own thing. It's is what happens it's a good when, turn. when you get people that don't know Dungeons & Dragons to play Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a thing I'm into. But we're going to talk about what we've been doing this week now. Um, I'm going to start, um, let me let me mix this up. I'm going to start with Stig. What have you been doing this week, mate? So from last week where I seemed to do loads of stuff to a week where I've done one thing, <laughs> this week I watched and completed Arcane. So this oh, is the oh, yes. Now we're League talking. of Legends uh, TV show on Netflix. Mm. And it's 
fucking brilliant. It's so good, isn't it? Isn't it, John? <laughs> it's so it good. is way better than it has any right to be. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, oh, there's a League of Legends anime, but like, oh, fucking cash grab stuff. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's so pretty. Might be the best anime of last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> it's so good. And I couldn't give a shit about League of Legends for the record, but like oh. Arcane is brilliant. We're, yeah. we're not we're not pro League of Legends on this show, don't no, worry. I've <laughs> never played it. I have no idea about no. any of the lore, any of the characters, and you don't need to know any of that because it is treated as something brand new and if you don't know League of Legends, it's fine. It's perfectly accessible for you. But yeah, it's it centers around um the characters Violet or Vi for short and Powder slash Jinx. It's mainly their tale with then there's a few other characters and a few political goings on as well. Um, But I just, I think, for for starters, the animation is beautiful. Mm. It looks like no other animated series I've ever watched before, but it's absolutely stunning. It's a bit like Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, isn't it? You can really see the inspiration there. Yeah, Yeah, kind of. 2D, 3D yep. blend that they've mm. kind of got going on. So it's pretty. probably the best visuals I've seen since that, I would say, in, in a cat, well, cartoon. Um, cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that, the animation, I think the acting is brilliant. Uh, Vi is played by Hayley Steinfeld. Um, so you know you're on good track there. Who we love awesome. on this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> agree. We love her on ours as well, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. What, speaking of Spider-Verse, voice of Spider-Gwen herself. Exactly. Like, yep. Mm. Can't go wrong. She gets around, She's doesn't amazing. she? She should. Uh, and yeah, it's well written. It's well crafted. It really pulls some really emotional punches. Three episodes in, you hit with some, some stuff and... The ep- the end of episode three, obviously I won't go into spoilers, but that was it was so well done. So well done that it got you caring about characters from the get go. And there's a bit of a time jump in there as well. So we we get a, get something happening at one point and then it kind of jumps forward a few years and things have changed, characters have changed, motivations have changed, but I, I just I absolutely loved it. Every end of every episode, it just wanted me leaving more and the way it ended as well. And I thought there was another episode coming. I thought it was 10 episodes. I did, mate. So it got to the end of episode nine. It was like, and it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, Netflix comes up with, you finish a series, we, we'll suggest these for you. I was like, oh, yeah, no, Peppa that Pig. was... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peppa Pig's decent. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Uh, yeah, it, it just, by the end of it, I was just, I cannot wait for season two. And there's just this... The action sequences in there, the like I said, the animation is so well crafted. There are little things in there that you might not notice, but if maybe on a rewatch you would, just little things like cl- the way the cloth moves on their claws and hair moves and things like that. It's isn't a big thing, but it's the the detail and the actual craft they've put into the animation. It is just stunning. Do we know and, if there's a season two coming? Of course, there will be. That's I think, be, I think it's been yeah. announced. It's it's hit hard, hard, hasn't yeah. it? People have been like. Ugh. It's, I think, the like highest rated, one of the oh. highest rated shows across, like you know, Rotten Tomatoes, mm. and More of Castlevania. Like I'm laughing. <laughs> well, <laughs> Castlevania's done so. animation awards and stuff as well. <laughs> did it? Yeah, did you yeah. Say, yeah did it was. You said the quality of the animation. So it seems odd that something. I know League of Legends obviously is popular for those people that are into it. But, it's not just popular; it's huge. But it seems <laughs> like it's it's a strange thing to suddenly just drop in, but actually put so much effort into the quality. 
or something that, like that. That's exactly what I meant by like it's way better than it has any right to yeah. be. Like you'd expect it to just look like some yeah. some fucking trailer or something like yeah, or whatever, just... you know. Oh, there's some CGI bit between seasons of League of Legends and they do a little animation y thing in engine and it looks mediocre. Yeah. Like, no, no, this is like some of the best looking animation of the last decade. You're like, oh, okay. You chose to go that hard, did you? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like I, I expected things like remember the Ratchet and Clank movie, which was just mm. scenes yes, from the game. Scenes from the game. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought it was gonna yeah. be like that. But it I watched was, the first the first episode. I was like, "Shit, this is real. This is something." Was it? What, yeah, but wasn't it the same? Like, with Castlevania was better than it had any right to be because everyone oh, knows. It, everyone knows yeah. it's got Konami written on it. It's going to be shit these days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is where Konami. I'm going to buy them. Uh, excelling, what you know, where they fall down on a lot of the movies, but the animated series that they're pumping out just yes, seems to be so incredible. Like I said, story wise, world building, characters, emotional weight, all that stuff is just perfect and there are things with characters even the bad guys where you their motivations aren't as clear as you think they would be can't really go into any spoilers but there's one of the characters Silco he's like kind of the main protagonist throughout this and there's there's stuff that he does that you just don't don't expect I, I never expected I thought it was just more about manipulation but it isn't and there's a, it's a lot deeper than it is, and I will just say again, not going to no spoilers, but there is a fight on a bridge at one mm. point mid-season, which mm. is absolutely incredible. The music, the animation, everything about it is perfect, and it's like one of the best things I've seen in a long time. So yeah, Arcane. If if you look at that and think oh, League of Legends, whatever, don't worry about it. You don't <laughs> need to know the games. You don't have to have any interest in the games because outside of the name. And some of the character names doesn't matter. I played it last week, so people don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, League League of Legends does have previous with doing like, and obviously they've got the money to burn, yeah. but to doing really like high quality media tie-ins. Yeah, they do. Yeah. A couple of years ago, they put out a K-pop single, um, oh, and it was yeah. like actually one of my songs of the year. It was really good. <laughs> I have never played League of Legends, so I didn't Don't. know who the characters were. Um, but I was just like, "Yeah, this is a this is a bop," you know. Yeah. Uh, Get my groove on. Yeah, and I, I remember an article coming out when Arcane first came out, and it was like, "Here's all the things that you should watch." You know, now you're if you're done with Arcane, here's here's where we recommend you go go and do. Please note. Playing League of Legends is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has. It does not have me interested in playing the game whatsoever. Um, but yeah, it's the soundtrack is really good as well. I really enjoyed the music they used for the show and the type of music. And uh, as Jack said, they've been nominated for nine Annie Awards, which is due to be ceremony held towards the end of February. Yeah, but I could see them cleaning up. To be honest. They deserve it. It's really good. Really nice yeah. surprise as well. Excellent. Thank you for that, matey. We're going to move on to me. Um, I've had a tough week this week. Um, I've started no less. I've written down 10 games and six films, <laughs> and I've stopped. I've not continued. Hell, mate. I just Have couldn't finish any of them. No, I, so, I couldn't. I just couldn't. <sighs> so I'm cu- we, we have a word for that on our show. It's called doing a mat. <laughs> well, I've been doing the, a mat. The third sequelizer who's not here, mm. our, our co-host, Matt, uh, we're basically like, okay, we've got this topic. We'll do three each, mm. you know, blah blah blah. Matt comes in with fifteen honourable recommendations, honourable mentions going on, and then we'll eventually get to his top three. We're like, 
you need to keep it to three because we already three hour shows, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. So that's what you're doing, Ariels. You're doing a Matt <laughs> sequelizer's balance. But Matt probably finishes and I stopped. <laughs> I started, like, there the, the, the were things I already owned and just never got round to and the films and so. But I ended up just sticking with the American office as I usually do. So I'm not going to talk about that because I've talked about that ad nauseum. There was a show on Netflix that I actually started watching today. This is hot off the presses, and I've stuck through it, and I've more or less watched them all. It's a uh, docuseries called Midnight Asia. <clears throat> it's Ooh. on Netflix. So it's a docuseries about Asian megacity nightlife. Um, so all Asian cities. Uh, stuff we don't tend to see in the West. Like We, we get the impression of salarymen and crowded um, traffic jams and stuff like that in Asian cities. This is what happens when the, when the sun goes down. And it's basically just a fly on the wall. A, 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 each episode is a different city. Like the first one's Tokyo, then it's Seoul, then it's just other Asian cities that I can't remember. It's that good, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> really made an impact. But yeah, basically I didn't write it down. <laughs> so in um, the first one, for instance, it's got, it's got um, like three main parties we follow throughout the 30-minute docu- documentary. We've got an 80-year-old ramen chef, a female, who at night is a superstar DJ at a hot nightclub. Nice. <laughs> and she is she is what you expect an 80-year-old ramen chef to look like. She's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what an 80-year-old ramen chef super DJ looks like. <laughs> this is the thing. So she was saying, she's saying on it that like, oh yeah, um, I've, I, I do my shift because they work some, some hours, those guys. I've done a really long like 15-hour shift. Then she just pulls her apron off gets a superstar DJ set up on, gets some glitter on her cheeks, and she starts doing a, a full-on mean like, <laughs> mix. And everyone's loving that she's in this like really fancy, like um, very culturally appropriated nightclub. It's quite Western, do you know what I mean? And playing all the club bangers, all the floor fillers, and it's just mesmerising. And then she's like, yeah, I've got three hours sleep now, then I've got to start work again. It's like, what the fuck? And there's also um, hypercar drifting, which is... Bigger than Tokyo drifting. Uh, so it used to be skylines and stuff like that, didn't it? Not anymore. Not with a mega rich in, in Tokyo. I said now it's going to be Lambos and shit. It's Lamborghinis. It? And they, oh, there's one guy, like, I've based my car off a Star, a Star Wars pod racer. And I like to go. <laughs> and he's like, I, I like to go around Tokyo at night when the roads are closed. And basically, the, 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 I think. He wasn't sure, but I think they can rent roads because they're closed at certain parts of that. Mm. You know, some motorways and stuff like that, and mountain trails. And he's like, I go around pretending I'm Anakin. And he's in this <laughs> most disgusting, like, decked-out Lamborghini. Look, must cost half a million pounds. If he is I, I not, need to find a picture of this. If he is not flying around going, yippee! He does. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Goes, now this is pod racing. That's what he does, yeah. <laughs> and, he's just, and, and there's one, there's one, um, uh, there's one bit that it follows a guy from The Trench, which is... An actual bar I've I've visited in Tokyo. Um, it's it's basically a mixology bar. And when you, I don't know if you guys have been. When you think of Tokyo, when I say bar, I don't mean a bar like over here. I mean this is a tiny little closet. These are small. Oh, it's super tiny in Japan. Yeah, yeah, and this guy, oh my god, he's making the best cocktails and everything. When I was there, he wasn't there, so <laughs> maybe not. But it's just it's just so. Cool to see this nightlife that we don't see, and I proper recommend it. There's one in Mumbai as well, which is really interesting. Um, I, it's just not part of the world you see. You always see like travel, like this is the sun, and you can go to the beach and stuff like that. But you never see what they do when they're letting their hair down. 
especially in places like Tokyo and Seoul, where it's all they're all corporate business workers and stuff like that. It's, it's just so mesmerizing. Yeah, I, I, I always assumed if you walk down some streets at night in Seoul, all you can hear is the sound of mechanical keyboards. Yeah, this is what I thought. But no, the, 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 like they've got strict policies in, in Tokyo and Seoul. Like you can't do anything that disrupts the flow of the day. But when the night, when 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 the sun goes down, you can do what you want. And these skateboarding gangs and stuff like that. <laughs> and you know, you know what the Japanese can be like? They're all dressed up as characters as well as doing it. And it's just, yeah. it's so fucking cool. And um, there's a few more episodes I've got to get through, but. I really recommend it. It's called Midnight Asia again, just to let you all know. Um, yeah, it's just, it's proper junk food type type show. It's really well done documentary, but it's, it's imagine like your Carl Pilkington shows, but without Carl Pilkington. <laughs> <laughs> is there a host or is it just there, kind of there is, more kind of, it's, it's, fly on the wall it's, type Yeah, stuff. it's more like talking heads fly on the wall. There, there is a woman on the first episode that seems to be an expert of Tokyo nightlife and same with the soul one there's a man that's and they talk about the hot spots and stuff and how these are all secret places I'm like it's not they're not secret anymore they're going to no. get busy <laughs> <laughs> that's going to ruin your little niche you've got oh there's, there's one guy as well that he, he's got a travelling bar he's just got on like a rickshaw type thing and he, go, he goes and he puts it on Twitter he's like where do you want me to be and he makes a fortune every night because he's bringing sake to everybody. It's just so <laughs> <Nice>. cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I recommend Midnight Asia to everyone. If, you, if you're into that kind of culture shock, because it's completely different to what we do. It's, they ain't going to Weatherspoons on a night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they've got hubs over there, yeah. the fake English bars. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Fucking horrible. So now we'll move on to Tim. You've been doing this week. Um, so jack will know well that i'm i'm generally about a generation behind when it comes to computer games oh. um <laughs> well you called it computer games which is correct okay. well exactly <laughs> yeah. breaking Shows. the old amiga out there just yeah to, yeah just <laughs> on, my, on my zx spectrum or something he's been playing gallagher all week yeah uh but this week actually i've been on something uh fairly up to date uh i've been playing uh rainbow six extraction that um, is so oh, current nice. That's very so literally I, this week, isn't that, it? That came out like last week, Tim. Oh my god! Yeah, in fact, I was actually playing it a few days before it got released. Um, the trending gamer oh. award goes to you, Tim. Yeah, this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would be so pissed off if all of all the sequelizers that wins trending gamer would be fucking Tim. I think it'd be perfect. I'm, break I'm, my heart. I'm wearing a fucking Mass Effect T-shirt. How dare you? I'm voting for you, Tim. Jack. I'm putting him down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've got a friend who does reviews, and um, because it's a multiplayer game, he wanted me to uh, jump on with him and, and give it a go. Um, so yeah, I've been playing playing a fair bit of that. Um, it was pretty interesting. I'm not, I haven't played any of the Rainbow Six games in about twenty years, basically. Um, I think Vegas Two was my last one. Yeah, uh, this one is very different because it's got aliens in it. Um, so it's booting any pretense at like real life military you know realism <laughs> just goes straight out the window because they're it's like not your, not, not your average tom clancy gun porn then exactly well there's still plenty of gun there's porn a lot in of it. guns mate. have you not yeah. read tom clancy's independence day come on it's one of his best novels <laughs> I, I, have you read rainbow six no fuck me, <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> 900 pages of jingoistic bullshit gun porn. yeah it is um, yeah, so it, it's it's been interesting. It reminded me a lot of uh, the XCOM, like the modern XCOM games. 
Oh, um, you have my attention. Yeah, uh, but done as a first-person shooter, basically. Ah, you've lost me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of this alien invasion in various parts of the US, and you've got this, you know, this this grizzled team of operators who are all, you know, uh, a diverse. And that's where the aliens do land in America. Oh yes, the, yeah, yeah. It's the only place to land. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you've got these various operators, and they've all got. Special abilities. I think it's based on Rainbow Six Siege, which was it, yeah, yeah, it's it's following on from Siege. Yeah. Yeah. Same operators, um, isn't it? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they've introduced anyone new or if it's all going off the old stuff. Um, and yeah, you're kind of going through these various different hot zones with various different objectives. Um, the kind of the central, what seemed to be the like the central loop to me um, was that if you die and you know you don't get extracted by your teammates or whatever during the course of the mission the xp that that character has earned is like locked up and they become a missing person that you can then rescue in future missions so that's definitely xcom yeah so it's 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 kind of incentivizing you to kind of go back to that area rescue the person you left behind and get that xp back for them um and it also means that you're you know, push to try all the different characters and, you know, use all their special abilities and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that was pretty neat. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not particularly, A, I'm not great at video games in general. Um, and B, the, the kind of the, the Twitch, uh, quick reaction shooters, uh, are not, not my forte. So I, you know, I was leaving a lot of blokes behind. And uh, <laughs> so like, there's plenty of people to get extracted. Yeah, yeah. In the there's future. Pl- plenty yeah. of. You're just building future missions. They're all stuck there. Spin it politically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have no idea what happens if you manage to get your entire team just stranded out in the in the, the console wasteland. Explodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been playing that. The other thing that I've been kind of really enjoying this week um, uh, was the end of uh, the first season of Yellow Jackets. I've heard so much about this. Candy was talking to us about it, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, yeah. yeah. Come on, explain it to me. Um, so the premise of it is that it's set over two kind of time periods. There's uh, a bit set in 1996, where mm. it's a US uh, girls soccer team from like high school that's like state champions or whatever. Mm. And they're flying over from New Jersey to Seattle, and their plane goes down over the Canadian wilderness. Ooh. And they are stranded out there. And the other time period is 25 years later, where you've Whoa. got the survivors, um, and you know that they were stranded there for 19 months before they were rescued. Oh, my God. And it's basically them dealing with their kind of trauma and stuff that's being kicked up from the past and the kind of mystery of it. And essentially the first episode... So this isn't really a spoiler. <laughs> uh, first episode opens with them. It's back when they're stranded, but it's some kind of future point. It's not when they've just become stranded. Some future point, and you essentially see them going through this cannibalistic ritual where they Ooh. hunt down one of the other girls, kill and eat her. Some long pig. Yeah. So essentially, you know this is where they are heading, 
And this it is, is Lord of the Flies all over. Yeah, isn't it? mm. uh, it's Lord of the Flies. It's got bits of Lost because obviously it's yeah, the. Say it sounds yeah. very Lost. Yeah, has it got the good bits of Lost? It's got the good bits of Lost. Yeah, it's ah. it's actually it's the how, how Jesusy does it get? And how <laughs> yeah. and, Do they go back to the the wilderness? I'm not going to lie. Smoke monsters. There are because there is a supernatural. Well. There's maybe a supernatural element. Oh, in there. uh, there's a polar like bear. Him. This is lost. Lost too. It's um, it's uh, it's basically maybe there's something supernatural going on, or maybe it's kind of group hysteria and yeah. the paranoia kicking in and the starvation and all that kind of stuff. And or global experiments from scientists that don't make any sense, <laughs> right, guys? The Dharma Initiative. Yeah. We remember. We remember. And then they set off an atomic bomb, and they're. Th- Thrown into a different universe, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was all purgatory all along. Oh, uh, oh, but it's got it's got an absolutely fantastic cast. So the like the adult versions of the the kind of the four main characters, um, it's Christina Ricci playing Ooh. an absolute sociopathic character. She's fantastic in it. I mean, um, so that, 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 that's her wheelhouse. That after Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> uh, Melanie Linsky. Um, uh, and um, fuck, not Julianne Moore. Hang on, I'm having a brain fart. Don't worry, we've got a <laughs> crack editor. <laughs> I no, edit four edits crack. On crack. No, I edit four. <laughs> oh, four crack. Juliet Lewis sells it on. Yeah. Fair enough. Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis. That's who. Oh, Juliet yeah. Lewis. She's Juliet Lewis. Um, yeah, Ooh. Juliet Lewis. Um, and uh. Uh, and Tawny Cypress um, play the kind of four adult versions. Um, they're all fantastic. They're all various different co- shades of traumatized and screwed up by the thing that has happened to them out in the forest. Um, and it manages to get kind of mysteries going in both time periods. Um, it's an like the soundtrack is fantastic. If you are kind of at all nostalgic for the 90s, um, oh, yes. it, it is. The soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. Um, even the 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 like the opening sequence has this um, kind of Riot Girl esque song over it that I just really want them to release as a single um, or at least a, an expanded version of it because it's only about a minute and a half long. Um, but you've got you know everything from kind of nineties hip hop to um, uh, uh, there's a big moment involving uh, Kiss from a Rose uh, in there. <laughs> mm. One of the best songs of the 90s. Um, mm. but the best yeah, songs it, ever written. It's, um, yeah, agreed. it's like up there in terms of just like se- a season chunk of television. I think it's gone into my top 10 like straight away because it's just so, so well acted. It's like gorgeous to look at. Yeah, ab- absolutely fantastic. I Is can't... it one and done or are they... No, they've got... Confirmed second season. They, it's oh. got a confirmed second season and the writers have said they have a multi-season plan. Like, they know where it's going. Oh, they... unlike Lost. Yeah. Unlike Lost, there we go. Yeah, they... they... We have a plan, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We know we're like Lost, but don't. we're not Abramsing this shit. Oh. Don't worry. Exactly. They So they basically said <laughs> it's roughly five seasons they're aiming for, but they I can, can live kind with of... Five. They can kind of mm. adapt, and it's you know it's it's US cable season, so it's ten episodes, um, mm-hmm. and they can. What adapt are you watching it, it on? Uh, it's available on Now TV, um, oh, okay, or the equivalent of Sky type stuff. It's on Sky Atlantic. Um, although I must say that basically I got caught up with it to about episode eight, um, and then I had to go to slightly less legitimate means because I was just like. <laughs> The episodes 
come out in America on Sunday, and then we have to wait till Thursday here, and I'm so hooked on this show that I'm yeah, not waiting. You're, you're not leaving Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Just, just for those, those amount of time, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it is necessary to, to sail on the high seas. Yes. <laughs> I, I wonder if, um, if it's five series, then, whether it's going to continue to have flashbacks, because young women are going to change a lot over five years for yeah. flashback scenes. I mean, it's it's... I think they've got a slight kind of uh, excuse in that they'll be getting increasingly like screwed up by being yeah. stranded, and so you can kind of just throw more mud and you know. <laughs> you did see Alfred Molina in the latest Spider Man, didn't you? Yes, <laughs> but that I imagine that I imagine that Disney and Marvel have a lot more money to de-age people. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, Look at Mickey Mouse. What? <laughs> He's he's definitely had work done. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Excellent, excellent. Yellow jackets, brilliant, brilliant. Let's move on to Biggie. What have you been doing? Have you been doing anything? Oh, yes, I have, actually. Um, oh. I've had a bit of an odd week, though, for those that do know me. Um, I've had a bit of a melancholic week. So you listening to a lot of um, like Coldplay and stuff? Yeah, I've had rock music going on No this way, week. I was joking. I generally have, uh, considering I'm a hip-hop head, but... Wow. Reasons unknown. I picked up um, my playlist for rock music called Rock in Hell. <laughs> and um, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I've just been listening through to that. It's a mixture of Coldplay, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, you know, all that Dad kind rock. of stuff. Um, going through that. But whilst I was listening to it, Ben Howard came back on. And ben I'm Howard. a massive fan of Ben Howard. And I completely forgot that YouTube sometimes has people upload the full gigs, the concerts, because I've been Ew. listening to Spotify for so long, because I love Spotify. Um, I just completely forgot about it, so I ended up checking out YouTube again, and there are two concerts of his on there. From They're both filmed in France for some reason, and it was in 2012 and 2014. So the first concert basically deals with his first album and the second concert with his second album, and it's incredible. Really, really enjoyed watching him, because he's... Bit of an odd character in general, anyway. Um, he's a bit moody. He's he's had some personal issues and fights and stuff, you know. A uh, bit of alcohol addiction, I believe. Just a bit of a stressful life, and he doesn't like being particularly successful, bizarrely. Um, but when he's on stage, you can obviously see it's not a what's the word I'm looking for. It's not like a massive bravado performance. It's basically him on stage with his band playing the music with some flashing lights and stuff going on in the background. That's pretty much it. But he's so good live, man. He's just plays the records almost exactly how you almost hear them um, on uh, CD, Spotify, whatever you're listening to. But yeah, just it's just incredible watching him play. So, so good. I was struggling to picture who he was, but then I Googled him. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, uh, just really, really, really good. <laughs> so I've been listening to, um, watching that, listening to um, my Spotify playlist. Um, I'll put a link into... Discord, if anybody wants to check it out, well, I'm sure you won't. Um, but then, actually, um, actually, we've got his own. No, I've been listening, just, just skimming through some of his style of music that mm. sounds right on my street, to be honest. I've never heard him I before. Remember his fa- I remember no. his face. I probably do know some of his tracks. He became he's famous. He's eccentric, isn't he? Yeah, he became famous for his sort of like folky sort of mm. rock music when he first started. But, but, he looked he, a bit, but he looks a bit punky and grungy. But he is progressive, so each album is slightly different. Um, yeah. And it's quite a journey going through his albums. How different he's basically they the James Blunt of his time. 
Yeah, but I love it. I think he's really good. <laughs> We've left. Um, give that a listen. I'll give that a listen. Actually, you should. And then from that, um, talking with my best mate, uh, M. Flem, friend of the show. Whoa, I thought we were best mates. Um, no, you're, you're just colleagues. Yeah. No, <laughs> means to not. an end. Associates, <laughs> <laughs> stalkers. Um, mm. And then um, I was talking to him, and he brought up the subject of wanting to watch a movie, which is very personal to him. And to me as well, because we both lost our father. Mm. So we decided to go and sit down and watch The Father. Oh, which, oh mate. I know they Stiggy know, brought but... this up before when he mentioned mm. he'd seen it. So um, we decided to sit so down good. together and watch it, because if we were going to end up turning into sort of blubbering messes, we'd rather do it with someone that we're comfortable with. So <laughs> we sat down and watched it, and wow, just blown away by... So strong, isn't it? The story. Um, for those that don't know, um, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but it's basically from the viewpoint of Sir Anthony Hopkins' character, also known as Anthony, mm-hmm. and it's basically following him as he is in his flat and um, his family, his daughter comes to see him. He's struggling because he's older. Um, they're trying to sort out care for him. He doesn't get on with the people that come as carers, and it's just following this journey through him as he tumbles through dementia. And it's from his viewpoint and the production, the claustrophobic feeling of being in his flat or his daughter's flat. It just depends on what's happening. Um, it's just incredible. But yeah, the performance from Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman's in it, Olivia Williams as well. Yeah. Um, Rufus Sewell, all very good, all brilliant supporting cast. But Sir Anthony Hopkins just, wow. I just cannot. I did a speak cry enough. watching this, don't worry. I, could, I just can't speak enough about his performance. It's just incredible all the way through, right up till the end as well. Uh, just mesmerising. And I know he lost out to the Oscar for no, he didn't. Uh, Chadwick oh, Boseman. Sorry, he didn't, he won it. No, sorry, I got ahead of you then. I thought you were going to say I missed out on for this one. No, no I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was also for the right reasons as well, that Chadwick mm. yeah. got awarded got that. Oh, sure, one. But I think if that hadn't happened, then I think he would have been a shoe in for that. What, for um, this? For the he, won for the, he won he for won, this. No, he won for this one, Biggie. Yeah. I thought Chadwick was. No, no, no. Bosman no. got it. Did he not? No, no, no. Chadwick the, the, Bosman got like a, an acknowledgement and stuff. Posthumous one. It's a bit. Uh, the in memoriam. In memoriam, yeah. It's oh, a bit yeah. contentious. Yeah. No, no. Oh, see, okay. They built that whole show around. For that. Giving Chadwick Bosman the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. And right, then didn't. Okay. And then people were just like, what the fuck? Like, you yeah. built this show around Chadwick and kind of used his death. And yeah, they got yeah. a bit of a backlash for it. Yeah. But I. Actually, watched Myrene's Black Bottom last week. Chadwick yeah, Boseman and? is incredible in that film. It's not better than the father. Anthony Hopkins is better, yeah. so I think no, it's deserved. No, it's fair enough then. Regardless to what happened, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it, 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 he, he's just amazing. And to think, um, I don't even know how old Anthony Hopkins is now. Eighty-five-ish, I want to say. As a guest, that's a full time. Hang, hang on, Google to the rescue. Eighty-four, <laughs> nearly. 84. Yeah, 84. eighty-five this year. But, can always yeah. tell, you can tell people by like rings on a tree, just check <laughs> wrinkles on the face. But yeah, that's, he's, that's he's funny. There's, there's some <laughs> comedic moments in there as well. Um, it's just, it's brilliant. Just, I think it's incredible. It's if you haven't seen it, it's on Prime. Uh, yeah. Please check it out. Um, but on a more positive note, just to very quickly mention that I listened to the sequelizers for the first time. Did hey. you? Yeah. <laughs> and, right, um, yeah. I really enjoyed because I talked about the thing um, on the last pod. You did. So I was. Uh, I mean, he happy. does talk about it 
most weeks. It's his favourite <laughs> yeah. film. I mean, and I, I do that on our show. Officially so, the greatest yeah. film ever. Did we vote for that? We did, didn't we? we vote uh, yes, for we did that. vote. Oh, but I'd rather not talk made. about that. Thanks no, very much. Jurassic Park. Oh, sorry, mate. Is it Jurassic Park? Seriously. Oh, yeah, it was Jurassic Park. What the fuck? But anyway. Sometimes life finds a way, Gadget. Biggie, sorry. Stop mixing us up, man. Stop being bald. But yeah, please, obviously, there are guests on the show, but please go and check out their pod if you haven't, for any of our listeners that haven't come across them yet, because it's brilliant, really funny. Your build-up for the, the thing, um, just loved listening to that. And Wait, then, do, do you mean The Thing, The Thing? The Thing, The Thing, or, or The, the thing, thing, Thing 2011 Thing? It's clobbering time. Or The time. Creature, The Thing, or yeah. The Man, The Thing. Swamp Thing? Man Thing? Ben Oversized Man yeah. Thing? Who knows? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. And, and I your, did actually. Uh, go on, sorry, mate. Your, on. your pitch for it as well was great. Um, Thank you, man. Really I, I prefer it I do as want well. to see it. I really want to see that. I did and listen talk to your... About um, remake as well, which just blows my mind. I don't mm. know what's to think about. Why, yeah, why would you. you try and remake the thing? It's just like... Which I thing? I don't hate the gonna... remake. I don't <laughs> hate it. It's not a remake. It's, it's, a, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. prequel, yeah. yeah. Technically, no, the thing I mean, is a remake. Soft reboot. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is the remake. Yeah. The, so the thing is a, re- is a remake of the thing, and the thing is a sequel to the remake of the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I did... as, as we found on the episode, it's fucking confusing. <laughs> it is. Pick a name it for is. these fucking movies. And I loved did... hearing the um, Metacritic scores as well. That blew my mind as well. I really didn't see that coming. And oh, yeah. One of you got it pretty much spot on every time. I was really well, impressed. When, so we do Rotten Tomatoes on the show. Sometimes we delve into Metacritic as well, but we usually stick with Rotten Tomatoes oh, just because it's fucking mental. Sometimes. <laughs> I love their scars. I love their scars. Ju- just batshit. And yeah, we we always play a little game on our show where like the person who is pitching it knows the scores already, and then the other two have to try and guess it, and we kind of like go from there basically. Yeah. And it's this whole thing. You will not believe some of the scores, and mm. you just have the other two just lose their fucking minds. <laughs> oh god! I listen yeah, to yeah, your... you've definitely got me uh, on your uh, subscribe. Yeah. So I'll be uh, awesome. Thank catching you, up with those. Thank you. I listened to the Mortal Kombat Annihilation one this week. Mm, <laughs> Tim's magnum opus. <laughs> and just I talking too harsh on the, it. The Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I quickly looked on there. And I was looking through the reviews, and when you mentioned the review on that, because I, I instantly was like, "That's the that's the review they're going to mention." Saying <laughs> more enjoyable than the first, I was like, "That man must have been on crack or something." <laughs> that was Gadget doing his editing crap. Yeah, yeah. the well, cocaine um, was really big back then. Mm. I, I can't, I can't have Peter Jackson not doing Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I felt the same way, Stig. I, I felt I, the same I, way. As, as much as better as those that pitch was. I can't have him give up Lord of the Rings it's a just for a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And it was quite funny, actually, listening back, because obviously you mentioned Tamura Morrison and obviously mm. Book of Boba Fetch just come out. So for me listening, it's quite timely. Um, I think I would have gone with, if you remember that Mortal Kombat web series they did, and they had Michael J. White as Jax. Oh, that was yeah, so yeah. good. And he would have been a right age in the 90s still for that. I think he still would have been in his like uh, mid-20s or mm. something like that. Then or Christopher Judge who played oh, yeah. in Stargate. Oh, Chris Judge is great. He's been right? a good choice. But yeah, I, I just really love that. I thought actually when you were talking about who you're going to choose as your director, I was listening to it. Sam Raimi was who popped into my mind. Mm. Make it a horror. Yeah, like a you know weird, weird <laughs> horror elements, and I can see that loads of spinning cameras. Yeah, that's that's mm. who I kind of 
imagine who do Bruce a good, Campbell in there somewhere. We do a good yeah. 90s. Bruce, uh, Bruce Campbell Campbell's Johnny Cage. Yeah. Like, Sam Raimi's car, car in the background yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did like in that episode how you did mention, like, oh, there's a new Mortal Kombat film coming out. And <laughs> it, it looks good. It's gonna, it looks good. It was decidedly average. Yeah, <laughs> I was thoroughly disappointed. It was still better than Annihilation, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a military better. mentioned how. You said, oh, this, uh, it looks like it's focusing on Scorpion Sub-Zero, which it did. <sighs> at the beginning. At the beginning, and then <laughs> yeah. just did its own thing end. at the end. Yeah. It's like, oh. I, I actually did listen to... bring in this failed cage fighter character yeah. that nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah. That. Yeah. If it doesn't your, make um, sense. Magical your, gold yeah. skin. <laughs> oh, no. oh, don't, don't, Tim, don't. I listened to your Marvel um, two-piece two that you just mm. recently put. My God, that was some listening. Um, yeah. I'm a big Marvel. Seven, seven and a half hours? Yeah, big Marvel. I, I did Sorry. it all this week. Um, I'm a big Marvel fan and I've never agreed harder with some of the things that were said on that episode <laughs> so hard it's like when every time you, you, you hear people talk about Marvel and I'm, I'm one for doing it I was saying stuff like oh Thor 2's the worst one and but there are some merits to it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's so odd. It's not when, all bad. Yeah, when you, when, you, when, you, when you take it away from the fact that it's a Marvel film, it's better than some normal films. <laughs> this is the yeah, thing we said, cool. like, in the grand scheme of things, even comparing, you know, like with like, you look at some of the other action-adventure mm. films that are out there, Marvel haven't really made a bad film. No. They've made less good films, but... Yeah, like Th- Thor 2 versus Elektra... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, let's move on swiftly to Jack. You mentioned Ratchet and Clank earlier. Oh yes. Is. I've been playing Drift Apart because I love love Ratchet and Clank, and I finally finally picked up a copy of Rift Apart. I'm getting it. I'm getting it sent to me by a friend ages. to play. Oh, oh. Um, and yeah, I kind of like. Absolutely love the games when I was younger. Obviously playing on PS2 and all that kind of stuff. And I thought the the return, the remake, the reboot, whatever mm. the fuck you want to call it, in 2016 was absolutely incredible. Oh, Spellbinding, well. yeah, absolutely incredible. And then the piece of shit movie that accompanied it, as we said, was <laughs> like looked worse than the game somehow. I don't understand. Like they took the cutscenes and then de-res them. So I don't understand. It's like they took a layer, a layer of polish off. Yeah, because you watch, you look at the graphics as like, oh, this is a Pixar movie I can yeah. play. You got all the fur on Ratchet mm. and stuff. This is amazing. It's like, how did, how did they fuck this up? Like, they made made it worse for the film somehow. <laughs> how does it look better in engine than it does from an animation studio? I don't know. Anyway, the sequel to that, six years later, and here we are in 2022. Um, it came out last year. Clarify, five years later, mm. um, and. I saw it winning a couple of Game of Year awards and stuff from a few different places, and I've been wanting to get it for ages, and I'd finally kind of like, you know, uh, it was on sale, I had some credit with the store and all this kind of stuff, and I was like, I can get Ratchet and Clank for 20 quid. I'm going to do it. I'm going to treat myself. Fuck it. Like, yes, <laughs> finally, finally. And that's all I've been doing for the last few days. It's just diving back into that wait. world and wait. flying around to different planets and getting some absolutely ridiculous weapons. and. The story is really interesting as well, like what they're actually doing with multiple dimensions and parallel universes and all this kind of stuff. And the fascinating thing is that, you know, we've seen this a lot recently. This is kind of a big thing with Spider-Verse and with, um, not spoiler, but the where the MCU is going and all that kind of stuff. I know you guys did a big spoiler cast already, but <laughs> with with Doctor Strange coming up on that, multiverse is a big thing. It's, it's the new on. hot word, isn't it? It's the new it time is, yeah. Yeah, I was saying exactly. 2021 was the year of the time loop. 2022 yeah. is the yeah. year of the uh, multiverse. Yeah. I can't wait till EastEnders yeah. picks it up. Yeah. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Dirty Dens back. Faulting on itself. <laughs> God. Um, and what is most fascinating to me about Rift Apart is the way the rifts are incorporated into gameplay. So you kind of get this like little hook grappling shot thing that latches onto rifts in space, mm-hmm. and you can pull yourself along to different platforms and stuff like that. So you can use it in combat to like navigate across arenas and stuff like that. But there are certain moments where you literally kind of, whether purposefully or accidentally, because timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly kind of bollocks is going on, <laughs> you end up going... Thank you. <laughs> you end, From the book of Doctor up, Who. <laughs> it is. Um, you end up going through a, a rift, mm. and it's all in real time. There are no loading screens. <gasps> SSDs, just, baby! There's, there's, there's just another world around you, and you're like, wait, I'm on an <sighs> asteroid in the middle of nowhere in space. And you turn around, and the door to the planet you were just on is still there, and you just walk back like Whoa. nothing's happening, and just be like... I'm in two places at once. This is absolutely <laughs> insane. There are no loading screens. There is no like delay to it at all. You are just from quote unquote one level to another, but it, they are like huge open map kind of things. Thinking back to like, old games like Resident Evil that had to do rooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That door, that fucking door yeah. animation in <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil One, the and thing, then that moment where one of the, the crimson the, heads gets you yeah. as you're going through the door. Oh god! Yeah, the rifts in Ratchet Apart, uh, uh, Rift Apart as well is. When you pull yourself towards one, I like the animation, the fact that it doesn't pull you towards it like a grappling hook, for example. It kind of pulls that door towards you and you, yes. and, oh, and you, and you cool. go through it. And The world shifts, the world around, shifts around you, not the yeah, other way exactly. around. Exactly. I yeah. really like that. I thought it looked great. And the, gu- it's, it's the gunplay in it is, yeah. is really good fun. Did, yeah. did you do this, the same thing I did when I first booted up, Jack, where you've got the opening cut scene and it's kind of like showing you kind of across this kind of huge parade scene. The camera swings around. You've got like dialogue between Ratchet and Clank. And then the camera stops behind him. And did you just wait a second thinking, oh shit, I can actually play now? Yeah. Because there's yeah. no transition from the cutscene so, to the gameplay. It's so good looking. And it's so yeah. detailed. Like, it's, it's like, I, mean, I got it with my PS5. So it was like the first thing I played yeah, on same. it. Oh. Um, and uh, it was a set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> and then um, I, I haven't finished it yet. It's one of those games I kind of dip in and out of. But it, it is just so, it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Mm. Yeah, it really felt like a showcase of the PS5's capabilities. As you rightly said, there are doors like SSD, baby. We can do what we like. <laughs> no loading screens. We can go wherever. Can you believe there were naysayers of SSDs? <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I'm very much enjoying this no loading screen life we have as gamers these days. So good. Yeah. So I, good. I, I watched a video on YouTube about this a couple of weeks ago. It was talking about how like hint screens don't exist anymore because yeah. loading screens don't exist. No lost screens or anything. Yeah, exactly. And they're having to like reconfigure how you do that and how you convey that information because now you're not sat there going like, oh, there is a place on that map. I guess I could go yeah. over there. That's interesting. And then it goes like, you can fast travel if you go to a campsite. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know I could go to fast travel. I thought I had to go to a hotel to fast travel. I can't do it at a campsite, blah, blah, blah. That background There's no, for like, The Witcher 3, I sat through that so many times. <laughs> it was so long. <laughs> the original load screen on that was so long. That's why I'm like, waiting for I the am PS5 not going to die. remake. Some games, maybe, maybe, like, it's not just punishment that you're dying and restart, it's punishment that you've got to wait two minutes to reload. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the, the respawn time always catches me off guard. I've only, I think I feel I got used to it earlier today, mm. but for the first couple of days of playing, I was like, oh, I'm dead. I'll sit around, like, oh, I'm, oh shit, I'm, I'm sure back. I'm playing, like, nine, 30 seconds ago. Like, it is four seconds and you drop out of a little rift and you're back again it's absolutely Ooh, ridiculous if you're lucky you... enough to own a PS5 get it then by the sound can I, can I ask you sure. a quick question what do you think because you split the game is between Ratchet and Rivet mm. and the, the only criticism I had was that they weren't in, they were exactly the same 
Except one was a female version, one was a male version. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't like she had different powers or different abilities. That's what yeah. reviewers have said, and I thought that was a misstep because it could have been. It could have changed up depending on who you played as. I I assumed exactly what you're saying, where you would get different powers and different. Like you don't like one half of the skill tree and one half of the skill yeah. tree for each character, right? And like there are two equivalents of Clank. Without spoilers, again, you meet another version of Clank later on and stuff. Like you would think they have different powers and they kind of do but not really mm. but then if you unlock a game sorry if you unlock a gun as ratchet and then you play as rivet it's just automatically unlocked oh, and nobody says anything immersion breaking no, like, yeah well a little bit yeah yeah like the fact that two out I was of just, ten <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you yeah ruined the game for yeah. me two out of ten but like all the previews and stuff of the guns have ratchet as the person shooting the gun even if you're even one. even if you're Rivet, and Rivet doesn't say anything about that, even though she doesn't know Ratchet exists yet oh, when you're no. playing as her at the beginning of the game, there's just another Lombax that she doesn't know exists and should be a massive fucking deal, because when she finds out, yeah. it's a massive fucking deal. <laughs> and then she's just like, would you like to buy the gun? It's like, are you are you not going to comment on the... Because like, <laughs> the little preview things are really funny. Yeah. You have... Um, Mr. Zircon from the previous games oh. is now Ms. Zircon or oh. Zerky, um, who is who is running the shop. You have Zerky, who is actual Mr. Zircon, who runs like a uh, like a hippie bar. He's like a pacifist. It's brilliant. And then there's Zircon Junior, who runs the combat arena. It's like it's and nice Ms. to see that the family's still thriving. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, Ms. Zircon is like, "Oh, you want to buy? You want to buy this gun, sugar? Come and buy these big guns." <laughs> oh, she's sassy. Like, okay. I like her. She is. She's she's southern and sassy as hell. Ooh. Um, but then you play the preview and she's like are you going to buy the gun not like hey who's that why is that happening what's this <laughs> mm. and if you buy ammo for one it kind of carries over to the other I get that it's kind of it's gamified parallel, isn't it parallel universe kind of things like you know if you affect one timeline you affect both like back to the future style like you're raising your kids if you do a certain thing mm. but like I guess it's just to get around the fact that you know, oh, I ran out of ammo with one character, now I'm fucked kind of thing. <laughs> is is that not anything to do with, like, difficulty? Is it different on harder difficulties, do you know, or anything like uh, that? No, as far as I know, no. Mm. Um, I, look, I did look at, look, at the, look at the difficulty settings, um, and it's just, like, more enemies, harder, fewer ammo, that kind of stuff. I think we're going to have to shut um, Insomniac down. <laughs> I agree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, bin that. Game is incredible. Spider-Man 2, get in the bin. Wolverine game, get in, yeah, the, get bin. in the bin. Don't need either of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that weird little moment, and now I'm completely over that. That was like two days ago, and now they've you know they've interacted, so it's less of a thing. <laughs> it's fucking amazing and gorgeous, oh. and just an absolute spectacle. Yep. And I kind of forgot how much I enjoy like just flying around, like how much of a space opera science fiction epic it is. Yeah, because I always think of it as like, oh, it's a cool shooting game, and there's some fun little bits, and it's like, and then it just goes, here you go, here's a spaceship. Where do you want to go? And yeah, I'm even like, the first oh, one yeah. did that, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. I, I hadn't kind of refreshed myself and I'd completely forgotten just how kind of open the space flying is. And you're just mm. like, do you want to go to this mining planet or do you want to go to a space casino? I'm like, fucking space casino. There we go. <laughs> Put it Every all time. On black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you just can do whatever you want. And, and you can choose to play at Ratchet River at different missions and stuff depending on where you're flying oh, to. That's badass. It's so cool and it, it like transitions so well between the two of them and kind of blending their story together. I can't wait to smash that then next week when I get it. Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, Gadget, finally. Uh, so my week's been a, a little bit of a week of just starting a few things and just kind of um, enjoying some stuff. But it's all stuff we've talked about, so I'll just kind of run through the list quickly. <laughs> so uh, now they finished with my current reread of Dune, um, because 
it's great, and I, I reread. I, I <laughs> it's a good re- book, isn't it? It is. I reread the first first yeah. half of the book ahead of seeing the film because I, I knew kind of roughly you where, know where it was going to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I and remember I walking because... into the cinema and being like, "It's, it's going to end with this bit." And my mate, yeah. who hadn't read the book, and was like, "No, trust me." And then the, my other friend who had read the book was like, "Yeah, it's yeah. going to be that scene, isn't it?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah." It's <laughs> the perfect place to end it. It is. Thought, yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. It, narratively, it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, it's a fairly obvious thing. But the the guy, the three of us who hadn't seen it, was very confused why we were so convinced to be like, well, "It's going to be the fight, right?" Like. What do you mean by the fight? It's like, you'll know what we mean by the fight. <laughs> it's, it's the fight. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the thing is that catches me every, every time I reread you, and I've re- reread it a few times now, um, is that after that point, so when you get to the point that Dune Part 2 will cover, it's a really fucking weird book. <laughs> yeah, okay. And they get weirder, mate. Have you read Messiah? I've read or, read or Children yeah, no. of Dune? Oh, I've, fucking I've, hell. I've read them all. I've also read a couple of the Brian Herbert ones, which we do not speak of. I've no, read we do well. not. Fucking hell! There's some, there's some, it, it goes off on some weird fucking places. I know somewhere it goes, and I've not read them yet. I've only read the first two. Well, it's it's mesmerising how weird it falls off. It's 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 yeah. It's it's it. The the, the Dune trilogy, the 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 Frank Herbert ones. Yeah, they are perfectly weird because they are just yeah. so strange, but they seem to be consistent within their They're own coherent, logic. aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sort of, um, but yeah, kind of the, um, the some of the points like you get in in the in the second half, especially around kind of um, uh, Jessica's daughter, is just it's. It, I'm fascinated to see how Denny Villeneuve's going to do um, Alia. Mm. I really want if. to see how, how he does it because it's going to be surreal. Mm. I mean, it's surreal to read. Um, but yeah, um, aside from that, um, I, I, I had a bit of a kind of a, a binge yesterday on gaming, just trying to um, to pull up some things just to see what I can be inspired to play. So start with Death's Door. Really like it. I'm a very nice, isn't it? I've been playing that on Game Pass recently as well. Yeah, yeah well, it's, really, that was on, it's on Game Pass. That's the yeah. inspiration for it. About two hours into it, really enjoying the puzzles. The crew Same is cute here. as fuck. The bosses yep. are... I, I, I got killed by a Baroque castle. 10 out of 10. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A big like steampunk castle thing that's yeah. slamming down on yeah. you. Yeah, but it it also does things that like really kind of twist with my expectations. Like there was one kind of he's not really a boss, like a sub boss kind of uh, one, which was a really bulky kind of black knight looking thing with a huge mace. Now me seeing that thinks back to Dark Souls and thinks of the one that's in the parish. Slap its butt, big heavy guy. No, this guy's really fucking fast. Is it the <laughs> yeah. one outside the mansion? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's very fucking bad, and it, it it threw me for a loop. It's like, oh shit, I have to actually learn how to play this game. I can't just Dark Souls this. <laughs> no, um, so is that uh, tried the PS5 version of Metro Exodus? It's which, proper good, isn't it? It's really good. Problem is, I'm shit at it because I'm a keyboard and mouse player for first person oh, shooters. Remember oh, when no. I talked about it on the show of, of a month and I'd, I'd play through it? I I've never cried at a first person shooter, <laughs> <laughs> but that game made me cry. Oh, and the DLC is fucking brilliant. Incredible. Yeah. Sam's story, I think it's called. That is yeah. so, oh, yeah. so good. It's making me want to read the sequel books. I've read Metro 2033, which is a hard fucking read because it's a really bad translation. Yeah. <laughs> but 2034 and 2035 are better translations. So It'd be quicker read them. for you and better for you to, to learn Russian. It would have, it actually, no, it actually would have been. Yeah, it would have been. They're really bad translations. Uh, I started uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut. We've talked about that far too much, but it's fucking gorgeous and it's beautiful. Isn't and it? I love it so much. Also, actually, also, considering that I played so much of it when it was out on the PS4, going back to the beginning as a brand new game, I actually kind of realized why a lot of people dropped off it because those first five or six hours are slow. You're not playing it's it, slow are you? as fuck, mate. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it, 
it's not even the cutscenes bit. It's like basically until you get to like kind of the um, central knot. No, not even central knot. Is it, I, th- I think it's basically when you get to the wind farm. <gasps> After mm-hmm. that, it yeah. speeds up, but the whole yeah. bit getting to the wind farm is so slow. And like, because you start off with zero equipment, nothing. Yeah, you, you literally have to you've got walk, a spare and you have yeah, no options. You? That's all you've got. You can't climb. You can't do any the cool like little like spike things that let you climb yeah. down stuff or the ladders or anything. It's just like you have one ladder and an extra pair of boots. You're on your way, Sam. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can see why people fell off it. Actually, yeah, I, I I appreciate people's opinions on it more, but it's still incredible. I still love that. Yeah, can I just mention I the the bit where you had to carry the corpse up the, the beginning, yeah, the yeah. hill, uh, which I realised you didn't have, you have to, to carry your adoptive eventually. mother's corpse. Yeah, <laughs> but wow, that took a few knocks. <laughs> yep. Did you did you drop her off a cliff? Not quite, but yeah, <laughs> I certainly times. tried climbing Checking some areas that I shouldn't have yes. done. That didn't go quite to plan. It's just, <laughs> it's just that that, that, ga- that game. It just has the moments where you're like, you've just had a BT encounter or something like that. And then Low Raw just starts coming in the background, or some Low Raw really so good. good, and you just think, oh, and your heart rate slows down, and then you get to you get to a safe haven, you get to one of the uh, the uh, centers, and you're just like, I'm actually just going to sit and get a shower and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's I don't know how he how he does it. It's like Denny Villeneuve's Death Stranding when you look at half of it. You know what I mean? It's so beautiful. Yeah, and it's I, I it, don't know how they it, can capture this in a game. The PS5 version is. It it, so it doesn't it doesn't help the accusations of um of Kojima being a frustrated film director. You can tell. <laughs> no. Give um, that yeah. guy a film and just see how he fails so hard and comes back to games. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it'll have Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen in it. So you know. yeah. I don't think he realizes he can't make an eight-hour film. <laughs> I think I think if anyone could, it would be him. Oh, he would, um, wouldn't he? Uh, do a do a Von Trier and just make an eight-hour film. Yeah. <laughs> But the the, the 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 main one I'm going, I'm going to talk about um, was uh, something I done today um, because I'm doing homework for the thing I'm doing with Sequelizers next weekend, which is the the, the live show. They've given you homework already. They give me homework because I had to watch. Hey, some... you 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 suggested the homework, mate. This I, is all on you. Well, no, I, I I suggested the director and didn't realise that I had to watch some films that I'd never seen before. Come Shame on. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so on their live stream, we're talking about well, we're doing like the, it's it's the it's a whittle down of the best films of Denny Villeneuve to work out which who's the best oh, one. Yeah, speaking of so, which, so I, I'm going through the films of his I haven't seen. I've seen most of his films. The ones I hadn't seen were his French films and Sicario. I haven't seen. Oh, oh, Sicario, oh, so good. Oh, oh, Sicario is fucking awesome. Dude. Better <laughs> only watch this week. So Don't I get me started it. on gadgets films he's not seen yet. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but Gadget doesn't like Fast and Furious 5, so he might not like Sicario. I'm joking, it's nothing like that. <laughs> they're, they're two sides of the same coin yeah, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Denny Villeneuve's French films are, are weird. Yeah. Um, I watched He's two, a weird dude. <laughs> I watched two of them today. I watched um, uh, Maelstrom, Maelstrom, which yeah. um, I didn't enjoy. Um, and <laughs> but the one I want to talk about is the weirder, strange enough, the weirder of the two. Uh, and I've got reason for this, which is uh, August thirty second on Earth, mm. which was his debut film. And it, I'm sure it was made for about a fiver. It, it's obviously it, it's it's still got very studenty vibes about it. But um, it's it's such a small film, like the, like the the plot description on link uh, LinkedIn on um, Wikipedia <laughs> is uh, three lines. Wow! So in the after. In the aftermath of a highway mishap, read car crash, uh, photo model Simone decides that conceiving a baby with her best friend Philippe is the only way to give her vacant life some meaning. Philippe reluctantly agrees with the proviso that they conceive in a desert. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> All sounds very French so far. 
Sound yeah. gets everywhere. <laughs> so Sacre Bleu. Uh, so the, 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 they're, based, they're based in Montreal, and so she she then agrees to this proviso, and they immediately book a flight to Salt Lake City to go to, to the salt, salt pans in, in yeah, Utah. Yeah, the salt flats. <laughs> yeah. At which point they're left behind by a merciless taxi driver who's trying to gouge them out of several hundred dollars, and then they just have to get home. And that's the kind of the run of the film. It's weird. It's weird by like a like a, it's weird by like a nineties indie romantic drama weird. Is there no sandworms in this or anything like that? No, no it's <laughs> d- disappointing. It's a tiny one. <laughs> it's a little sandworm. <laughs> it's a sandworm. Um, Villeneuve's direction on it is incredible. It, there's, there's so much of the stuff that you see like in his later films, like the kind of way he plays with scale, the way he plays with colour. There's this really wonderful shot um, when they're on, in the desert where um, Simone and Filippo, they, they kind of sat awkwardly, uh, or sat down kind of chatting awkwardly because it's like the taxi driver's left them and it's just like, well, this is you wanted to be in a desert, let's have sex kind of chat. It's the only place um, to have sex. You know, the one, you know that chat. Yeah, every, everyone's had that. But um, they're, they're just sat there really awkwardly because obviously they're best friends. They're, they're, almost, they're more like brother and sister than anything. Um, not, not actually, but, you know, it's like they have just that kind of relationship. Yeah, platonic relationship. Yeah, and there's this really wonderful shot, and it's so well composed of the two of them sat quite about two and a half feet away from each other. And the way it's shot in the frame with like the desert going back behind them is just beautiful. Like it's really well put together film. Story's absolute fucking bobbins. It's so bad, <laughs> the story. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the ending for it, but I hated the ending with every fibre of my being. <laughs> <laughs> because it takes a turn. And I'm not going to say what that turn is, but it's, it's a uh, it, No, it's, it's, it's a fucking turn. This is when they're back in Come Canada. On. There's nothing, there's nothing it sandy to about Canada. it. Come on. Spoiler alerts for Jill. Yeah. It's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a very '90s film and a very studenty film. It's weird. I probably love I it. hated the ending to Arrival. <laughs> I know it's not his. It was his star engine, but I didn't like Arrival either. I wasn't massive, massive on Arrival, to be honest. Yeah, I liked uh, Arrival. August thirty second on Earth isn't his story either. He didn't write it. He just directed it. Yeah, seems to be a trend. Have of you his, seen Enemy? It? Yes, I've seen Enemy. Oh, okay, it's weird as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> We're learning something about Denis Villeneuve here. Weird, weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah, very weird. I mean, fucking Maelstrom. Oh, Jesus Christ, Maelstrom was just a, that was a hard watch because it made no fucking sense. Like any of films. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, I mean, for stars, that film's narrated by a mutant fish that's being butchered repeatedly. What? Yep. I need to watch this film. I'm gonna watch these. I've got yep. them all on me watch. And this. that is actually written by Villeneuve as well. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> produced by the guy who wrote. Like two days in August, right? Like, right. Okay. I believe so. Yeah, I can yeah, see why he, why he wanted to do June then. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you, there's, there's a lot of the hints of why he wanted to do it, but it's like, but he's not constrained by like Hollywood execs and like trying and to. And unlike say, Hayden Christensen, he likes sand. He does like sand. He enjoys sand. I've seen at least four of his films that involve the desert in some way, shape, or form. Mm. <laughs> ah, the French desert. Um, anyway, we're going to move <laughs> swiftly on from that. To our main topic, unless everyone, anyone wants a drink or anything like that, I'll stretch the legs. No, nope. so we're, we're used to long recording yeah. sessions. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you moved on your Marvel ones, did you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a six-hour Oh, God, yeah. something like that. <sighs> Got to be done. Anyway, we're going to move on to our main topic now. Uh, Biggie, what are we talking about this week? Well, thanks to uh, these pricks that have come on this week. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. Oh, I really like your Ten minutes ago, I really like your podcast, guys. New subscriber. Bunch of pricks, but you know. Biggie's an intern, don't worry. <laughs> but no, uh, as usual, we always ask our guests to sort of bring the topic with them. And I think they kind of stumped us a little bit because they've come up with uh, 
who is our favourite director that's had five films or less, and it's not been easy. Mm, it's, it's a great it's, topic. It's, well, it's, it's yes. a great topic. And on the week where the one of the biggest buyouts in video game history happened, we're going to talk about films instead. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, I, I, would, I would have loved to have brought that as the subject, but that seems like... That's just in the news, right? Like it's too on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. It's so, on the nose. yeah, um, basically, it, what it is, it's these directors that have done five or less, and it's it's left an impact. It could be a negative impact. And I was looking for a while, and I thought to myself, I thought I'd be a little clever, but I, I was like, George Lucas, but he's done six. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck! There, there's so fuck. many of those ones that you think are a borderline case. It's kind of why... So we were talking about this, like, oh, what the fuck are we going to do for mm. the subject? Like, Jack will probably want to talk about video games. Matt will want to talk about films. Tim probably wants to talk about X-Men comics. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're going, going in three different directions here. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? And we thought, what is something we don't get a chance to talk about on our show yeah. and on the live stream? So the live stream is a, is a tricky one because... As you know, we're going to have Gadget on this weekend mm. to talk about eight, the top eight films, basically, of Denis Villeneuve. Mm. And it has to be eight because we have a little tournament bracket thing. At least eight as a minimum. Yeah. We've we, done we, 16. We've done bigger brackets. ones. It's all, it's all big fucking, yeah, all the maths and stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> when you get to five or fewer, you're kind of stuck with it's like, sad, how, isn't it? how do you... How do you do a tournament bracket of like five films? We'll, we'll do like an hour long live stream and that's not what we aim to do. So it's like, we're probably not going to be able to talk about many of these films and many of these directors on our show. So we'll here we are yeah, throwing it to you guys <laughs> and causing you trouble. <laughs> Being so, called a bunch of pricks. So yeah, there you go. That, was, that was not the views of Modern Escapism as, a, as an entity. So yeah, I'm going to start because this is the only one I could have done really because it's the only one I've seen every single film and it's lasted an impact. And if... Don't worry, guys, if we've all picked similar ones or, any, or the same one. I've got a huge list, mate, don't <laughs> worry. Oh, that's, that's fine then. Uh, I'm going to go with Robert Eggers. Oh, mm. nice. I'm jumping straight in there. Um, <laughs> if you don't know Robert Eggers' listeners, you will in a second. I mean, the first one, The Telltale Heart, the short film he did, I didn't really like that short film. It's all right. We're not including short films in the five, by the way. It's feature-length films. That's so. perfect. <laughs> that's I've got much to say about that anyway. <laughs> so, <clears throat> in 2015, I believe, something happened. Um, we were set to uh, have a movie night. A film I saw, The Witch, mm. spelled very strangely. <laughs> the V-V. The V-V-Vitch, yes. And I said I said to my wife, let's watch The V-V-Vitch. And she's like, okay. We started watching it. She's, she's 10, 15 minutes in. I can't watch this. I don't understand what they're saying. So <laughs> she left. She's American. She should understand what they're saying. Well, they weren't speaking. <laughs> I know American. they weren't. It's all, it's all like <laughs> oldie English. Puritanical in oldie. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's oldie American, which is also oldie English. <laughs> yes. Like, which got we, me straight We were away. one and the same back in the day, but now I'm there. She was like, I'm leaving. I was like, go, go. Because <laughs> the atmosphere straight away hit me. Mm. So I was like, this, and I'm like, hang on, is that Finchie from The Office? <laughs> and it, it is Finchie from The Office. It is. I was like, oh my God, I'm watching this. Yeah. And it I, lo- I love now- the end of the film where he throws a shoe over the hut. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out now it is probably my favourite supernatural horror film ever made. Wow. It just did something to me. It's, I was a new father at that time as well, and there's, there's horrible things that happen to babies and stuff. Um, there certainly is, fucking hell. And 
I have an irrational fear of farmyard animals. I don't like cows. <laughs> and there's a goat yeah. in a car. Yeah. We have laughed at this before as well. Yes. Yeah, but Black Phillip is metal as fuck. It's, it's definitely Slipknot metal, but it's also terrifying because goats are the spawn of Satan. If you look, have you ever they've seen got the devil's goat? eyes? Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got evil eyes. They are the horrendous creatures. And I don't know, it just hit on a level that I, I was saying to my friends, you've got to watch The Witch, you've got to watch The Witch. It's so scary. And they were like, yeah, I watched it, it's fine. I'm like, you didn't absorb the witch. It's one of those that I was just trying to, do you know when you're trying to evangelise something, like, absorb it, absorb it, just mm. take it into you. And it just, it, I was like, this is, this is never going to be topped. And then another film came out, The Lighthouse. So good. Now, The Lighthouse is probably the best Lovecraftian film ever made. Because it is pure Lovecraft. Because there's, there's, there's a lot of shit ones. <laughs> oh, God, there is. Yeah. I think they're all shit ones. Yeah. Basically, in a nutshell... Some of them starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> in a nutshell, like Batman versus space. the Green Goblin. <laughs> or Outer um, Space, whatever it's called. If you don't know what Colour it is... Colour Purple. <laughs> <laughs> Colour Purple. That's a very different film. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Howard and Thomas Wake are long ter- long-term shift workers at a lighthouse, which is... I'm not sure if it's, a, if it's an island or an archipelago or anything like that. I can't. Can't tell. It's a lighthouse. In Again, the, it's it's old timey New England. Yeah, ye old stuff, isn't it? Ye yeah. old stuff. And the first thing I, I noticed when you when you put this, I didn't go to the cinema to see this. I watched it on. Um, I rented it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, the aspect ratio's gone crazy on my telly. <laughs> so I'm fiddling. No, that's not my telly. <laughs> then I did a quick Google. Oh, this is deliberate. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it, it's like Zack Snyder's Justice League. It was used yeah. to preserve the original yeah. vision of the director. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except exactly. this one actually makes sense. Yeah, it does. And Justice League. It's it's that it's that beautiful black and white that I love. Well, it's not really black and white. It's different mm. sh- different shades. It's like hyper high contrast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's stunning. Um, st- again. Egg is just throwing the atmosphere straight away. I don't know how he does it. I'm so glad you used the word atmosphere, mate, because yeah. I think what connects the two of them, as as different as they are, obviously kind of like psychological kind of mm. elements there, obviously, but atmosphere is the thing I think of when you talk about Eggers and you talk about yeah. how claustrophobic the lighthouse is and how intimidating and dark the witch is. And it is, is the and third stuff. character like, in the film, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, just the setting and the scenery and the atmosphere around yeah. them and just the lack of light or the absence of air and stuff like that yeah. is just a, a palpable thing in those movies that I think he does better than anyone else at the moment, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I mean, there is, a, there is a warning. There is a mermaid vagina in this film. You've just got warning. A, a warning. <laughs> a Reason warning. to go and watch it. <laughs> people with nervous dispositions. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think I've spoken to Stig about it. It's just, I've, he's one of the only people I know that adores it. It's incredible. As, I much, as, it. as much as I did. And I, I, I do I don't. I think it's flawless in its execution. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's too long. I was like, it's ended. No, yeah. I, it, it just captures that um, Lovecraftian like people going mad due to themselves. Mm-hmm. There's it, a lot of people saying, oh, I don't like it that it goes supernatural, and I'm like, I don't think it is supernatural. See that? That's the whole thing with Lovecraft, right? Yeah. Like the whole point of the Lovecraftian stuff, and mm. I think the people kind of get caught up in the big monsters and mm. the cosmic horror of it all, and yeah. it's got to be Cthulhu and yeah. Il Shagoth and all this kind of stuff. Like the actual, like, does any of that exist? Is it's the insanity, real question, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it all, it's all about insanity. If you've ever played the Call of Cthulhu RPG, the D and D kind of thing, you have an insanity score. You can ah. not, not die, but go insane instead, and your character goes off, and you lose control of your character, and you essentially die. 
Mm. But it's an insanity thing. And I think the fact that the lighthouse captures that kind of tension and that kind of mm. vibe. Like he's literally wanking on a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> What's more Lovecraftian than that? Well they're, <laughs> they're both they're both films about isolation in a lot of ways yes. and being yeah. separated yeah. off from humanity and what that does to you. Um, yeah, and I, I, it really is. I, I wouldn't know what isolation feels like, yeah. Tim. It's, it's 2022. None I have no idea. Know. Yeah, no, None of no, us no. Know. Yeah, surprisingly <laughs> timely. <laughs> it's just, there's, there's something about that. Everything he does now, I'm going to be there. Like the Northman's coming. The fucking Northman. <laughs> no, we incredible. shared the trailer in our, in our Discord the other week, and everybody just lost their mind. We were just like, yes! it just looks incredible. I mean, the cast. If you don't know, Alexander Skarsgård. We've got Anya Taylor-Joy again, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, Finchie from The Office, uh, <laughs> Halford Bjornsson, who's the mountain in Game of Thrones, and yep. Bjork. Yeah. How can this be? How can this Bjork fail? Bjork, isn't it? What? How, how can this fail? This is yeah. going to be atmosphere central. so good. There's going to be a lot more dialogue than what his, his films tend to have. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe Looks not. Like maybe there's not. a lot more action, though. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's films are like just if he lands in this, mythology, though, aren't they? That's what I mean. yeah. all of them. Mm. Like, if, if he this. lands this, he is literally the one to watch mm. from now until forever, because this—it's going to be a perfect little trilogy, that isn't it? Of just yeah. Matt, fucked up <laughs> atmospheric films. Matt, our third sequelizer, who's a who's a filmmaker and has made many mm. short films and and web series and stuff like that. He's kind of so frustrated with Eggers because he's like, <laughs> this is exactly the sort of stuff that I would be making if I was just yeah. working with like a bit you more of a fucker. Budget. You did it yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and like every time, you know, like the the trailer for the Northman came out, and it was just like Matt just kind of shaking his fist at the sky, going like, Eggers, you've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> he does seem like a decent bloke as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not too outspoken. He's not. He's not Scorsese. Let's just say. Do you know what I mean? He's not kicking off at modern things. He, he, he seems to have a love for. He's the not. Past. He's not Ridley Scotting it. He's not Ridley Scotting it. He's got a love for the past, but he's bringing it to modern eyes, and he knows he is. Mm. And like I said, beat him on atmosphere. I dare you. I don't think you can. I know this. I've only got two films, and Northman could be. Bobbins, but it's not going to be. Yeah, it can't be, though, can it? <laughs> I mean, I think, in the trailer, we've got, we've, we've got Skarsgård with his top off. What Win. more do you need? Win. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that's what, that's what I'm bringing, unless we've got anything more to say on Eggers before we, we move on. I'd, it's a fucking brilliant choice, mate. That's yeah. what I'm about to say. <laughs> I can't believe I missed the, the, the Vitch. The, 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 the Vitch. When it first came out, it, it was just one of those mm. things I kept seeing popping up as recommended, and then just... I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, yes, I will watch it then. And then, uh, yeah. And you were like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. I had the same experience with The Lighthouse. Yeah. I kept, both Matt and Tim were just like, you need to watch The Fucking Lighthouse. Mm. And like, yeah. knowing I'm a big, like, Lovecraftian horror guy mm. as well, they were like, you need to fucking watch <laughs> but The Lighthouse. They didn't want to like, spoil it to I'll, you. I'll do it at some point. It's like, no, it's full of farts and masturbation, Jack. Go and watch it. I'm like, I mean, why'd you spill your I mean, beans? Yeah. <laughs> your goddamn farts. I, d- I uh, actually, I did a double bill uh, when I went to see the cinema. Uh, to see the lighthouse at the cinema, I saw that and Parasite on the same day, and that was oh, that was just no. a good day at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you went through some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. So let's move on. Then we'll move on to. I want to know what Biggie's bringing to this table. It's a difficult one for me because I have kind of spoken about him quite a few times, but I'm going with Ari Aster, mm. and mm. he has actually only done two films i.e. main film so far, and a third is imminent. Um, and I've spoken, wax lyrical, so much about uh, Hereditary 
But uh, I rewatched Midsummer last night, and um, it's the second time I've watched it, and I've enjoyed it twice as much because, for those that don't know, it's a, a folk horror thriller kind of. It's a very psychological movie again. Um, it kind of follows very briefly um, about a character called Danny, who, uh, due to family tragedy, um, she's lost her way. She's trying to deal with the grief of what's happened. Ends up joining her boyfriend and their friends as they go on to a trip to Sweden, to a commune. As one group, one of the group um, comes from there, and he says that they're celebrating an event, a festival that comes around once every ninety years, and then it gets all sort of wicker manny kind of um the solstice it's a very strange unsettling movie very slow not a lot happens for a lot of time and then all of a sudden there's these little bits of horrific moments throughout the movie and the performance again for florence Pugh's um fantastic she really carries that movie um she has to go through a massive range of emotions um and does it very very well um, but I'm a massive fan of Ariasta so far. Hereditary is fantastic. This is incredible. Um, I'm not sure what to make of his next one because there's very little known about it. And this, at this point, they're saying it's like a four-hour comedy horror about uh, an entrepreneur throughout their life uh, so far. And that's about it. That's all they've said, covering decades of this character. But that's all we know. Um but yeah, he's he's one to watch, um, and I've really enjoyed what he's delivered so far. And Midsummer is fantastic. The foreshadowing throughout that movie, when you watch it a second time, is brilliant because it's very easy to miss certain things as you watch it the first time. You're just trying to take in what on earth is going on, and you watch it a second time, you're like, oh my god, yeah, look. Oh, I, I love brilliant. films and shows and stuff that reward yes. rewatching. Yes, because I'm typically not a person who does much rewatching. I try to. Watch new stuff because I want to keep up to date, or like yep, yep. I'm rewatching the same thing over and over again. I feel like I'm almost feel guilty, like I'm not. Oh, I should have seen that thing that Matt recommended or Tim recommended to me. Like, yeah, yeah. like I said, I've been putting off the lighthouse for years at that point, and like I'm watching other stuff that I'd seen before. Like right now, I need to focus. I've been, I've and been Midsummer's one I've actually Carl's, gone to a couple of better times. Yeah. Saul, I've been putting that off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll watch The Office instead. It's like, yeah, ex- ex- yeah, perfect example. <laughs> Rewatch The American Office for the fifteenth time. Yeah, all the way through all like eight billion seasons. <laughs> of it rather than sitting down and watching one new film for an hour and a half it's like yeah exactly and I try, try and f- kind of force myself to go out and watch new stuff um, and Midsummer was was one of those things where I was like I feel like I should rewatch that because mm. there was a conversation I can't remember if it was with friends or I was at work or something like that somebody said oh I really I really didn't get on with Midsummer," and I was like right I get that it's kind of weird mm. and traumatising and that's kind of the point like yeah. I, I could totally understand why it's not for some people but they were saying it was a bad film, and I was like, "Hold no, on a minute! No, no, no. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty objectively well made, well acted. Like, looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a well constructed movie. Yes. If you don't like, we always say this on the show. There's a difference between liking something or disliking something, and it being good or bad. They are they are two different things. And like, if you think Midsummer is a badly made film, then I don't think you understand filmmaking. (laughs) I don't claim to understand filmmaking myself. I'm by far the least educated of the three of us on sequelizers in that matter. But like Midsummer is something pretty unusual and pretty special. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the cinematography again is is fantastic. Like you say, Um, it's it's beautifully shot. There are certain scenes that obviously need to be the the way they look and it's brilliant. Um, There's, the, the, the basically this whole story of the movie is revealed right at the beginning, the tapestry that opens the film. 
shows you the beginning to the end of what's actually going to happen in the movie. And then little things are just dropped in as you rewatch it the second time. And I was just like, yeah, amazing. Mm. Absolutely. Very, very clever. I feel like um, Hereditary. Let's see what he does next. Yeah, I feel like Hereditary's got a lot of that same attention to detail where Mm -hmm. there's so many hints kind of just at the edges of stuff that, you know, if you're, if once you've seen it and you go back through, there's all these little kind of implications and, and things that you can pick up on. Um, and I think he's got an amazing eye for detail. And I think he does a fascinating, just kind of the fact that they're these two horror films that for the most part, like everything's happening in fairly like well lit areas, like midsummer, especially it's so bright, but it's still horrific. And that takes a real skill. Reminds me when I first watched Texas Chainsaw Mask, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is really well lit (laughs) for for a horror (laughs) film. Yeah, I mean, with Hereditary, um, again, it's, it's the performance of the, the actors. The um, and I, the weird thing about um, Hereditary as well for me is that I've seen a lot of unsettling movies, but something about that movie stuck with me for quite a few days afterwards. It's one of those things that I kept thinking about, and I actually rewatched it a couple of days later because I just wanted to just take it in again. And Midsummer, I've had a, a massive gap between watching it the first time and then because of the subject you brought up this week, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to go back and rewatch that. And yeah, it just blew me away again. And worth it, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen it twice. Totally. And yeah, I'm fascinated to see what he comes up with next. I don't know if a four hour movie is the way, right way <laughs> to do it, or is that just something he's teasing he's doing? Who knows? He doesn't make mm. short films, they're all like no. two and a half hours up, you know? Yeah. And I say that. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes north of three hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's saying four. He's saying it's a I know, four, but like but that might get cut down. I think like, so. Yeah. You try and make a four hour movie, like, good luck. Yeah, they, they do film four hours that they ain't yeah. using it yeah. at all. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one to watch, um, definitely. Excellent, excellent, good pick. Let's move on to Jack. I have a bunch of picks, but I'm going to settle on one in particular. <laughs> um, and I had I had a lot of things going through, like thinking about what, like like you said, is there, there are a couple of people who have two, like your two examples so far. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'll go for somebody that actually does have a few more Things and only recently kind of occurred to me that they come under this category, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Martin McDonough. <gasps> oh, fuck oh. you. That was my pick. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You've got time to think of someone else. Oh, you can talk, to, <laughs> talk about it together. Only can yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can talk we'll, together. We'll, we'll share it, Gadget. We'll share it because yeah. I also love Denevil Nerve, and we'll talk about that. On Saturday, so you know we can, we can bond over a shared love of directors. Yes. We do but, have a patron segment where we can talk about Mar as well. There you go. I've got a whole list of people on my dock here, so yeah, we'll we'll run through a few other ones and for you lovely patrons. Um, but yeah, having kind of like I absolutely fell in love with In Bruges back yes, in the day. So I think so it is good. a fucking masterpiece. It and is one of my most quoted movies, <laughs> and always kind of I absolutely adore. It's my fucking the bell tower scene. scene. The bell tower scene. Oh, the bell tower scene. <laughs> fucking hell! I wouldn't go up uh, there <laughs> with, with with the Gleasons, as we call them. Yes, uh, and yeah, um, and then not really like aware, like oh yeah, the, the, that was the director of In Bruges, whatever. Didn't really think about it. And then I saw Seven Psychopaths years and years later. Mm. And it kind of been a mixed kind of recommendation. Some people said like, oh, it's really good. Some people said, oh, I didn't really click with it. Didn't really vibe with it. I really, really like Seven Psychopaths. I, 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 I really Psychopaths. gelled with it. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I really, really gelled with that movie. And and again, didn't think of it anyway. Love Sam Rockwell, that. love Colin Farrell. Like, but wasn't paying attention to who the director was. 
Um, and then I know Matt definitely recognized. I think you did as well, Tim. Um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes. Oh, so after good. It, after it like won all of the awards <laughs> and that oh. kind of stuff a few years ago. Again, both of my fellow sequel lines like you need to watch three billboards. Jack. I think I'm it's like, an important film to watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, really it's like a, a moment in cinema yeah. kind of thing. And, and and oddly enough, a few of these directors I have on the list have these kind of big moments, and that's kind of why we did this topic of like. Mm. There are so many people that have only done a few films, but they're like winning Oscars and changing yeah. the culture of filmmaking and changing how like different people and, and different levels of representation that's been happening across cinema and yeah. stuff is happening. And I looked up, I was like, Martin, where do I know Martin McDonough from? Like, where do I recognize? Oh, shit, the Embrouge guy. <laughs> Wait, he did Seven Psychopaths. Oh, my God. I like all of his movies. This is something, and I was like, "All right, I need to watch this right now." And I but think that means it was you on... do purely love his work if you didn't know it was him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I had this like revelatory moment of like, "You're not this fangirling. Guy makes, this you just guy love makes it. all the best movies." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, three boards, as you rightly said, Oodles, is just like this so absolute hard. moment in cinema that is just fantastic. Frances McDormand is oh. one of the one of the best actors alive. I'll say that I, right I, now. I'd agree I, that. Yeah, I'd say I, so. I thought it was going to be incredible. controversial, <laughs> as I always do on sequelizers. I've got a really hot take, guys. I'm just going to go. I'm going to really throw it. <laughs> Frances McDormand, one of the best actors alive. He goes, You're the first yeah, one that's yeah, ever yeah, said that. Obviously, Jack. Yeah, every fucker has said that. Critics have been saying that. They've said it on Martin Escapism already. Like fucking keep up. Um, but yeah, I think uh, McDonald has not made a bad film so far. Those three are. Absolutely spectacular and, and yeah. deserve, deserve watching. I think um, I think I think what pushes him forward more as well is because obviously he's, his history is as a playwright rather than yes. as a film director. You can see it, um, and he's got such a handle on dialogue, and not mm. just. And it's not like that um, Quentin Tarantino verbal masturbation kind of dialogue where it's just <laughs> exposition and cool shit for the sake mm. of it, but like everything is so perfectly pitched and placed. The comedy is so sharp. The drama is so heavy. Um, and even just the concepts, like I love the, the concept of Embruge of it's just two two mm-hmm. two hitmen who are just fucking bumming around in Bruges. They're not very love. good hitmen. Yeah, yeah, they're not very good <laughs> yeah. hitmen. They're just trying to lay low in. I need Bruges. to go watch that again actually because I remember oh, it's it just, fondly. It's being, such a special yeah. film. Yeah. Ray yeah. finds in that is just oh, it's, it's astonishing, magnifique. Yeah, mm. I, I, I just I think it, I think it's the, it's been a while since I've seen it. I think it's the scene where the, where they're in the boot, um, and they're just sat there going. It's a bit shit, Bruges. <laughs> I mean, I have been to Bruges and it is dull. <laughs> it's very dull. But... But, and, and also the fact he keeps catching nice uh, Brendan Gleeson and things. Oh, always happy Gleeson. to see him more. more yeah, always. God, just, yeah, Brendan Gleeson is so good. Because his next film that he's got coming up has got uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson again. Certainly has. Yeah. Um, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Yeah. yeah. Which looks it. to be even more Irish than. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've also got Barry Keegan in there as well. Yeah. So it's like all, all the like hot Irish people that are happening at the moment and Kerry Condon in there as well. <sighs> so it's like just, just chuck all the fantastic Irish actors in one film. Get Martin McDonough to direct it and sign me the fuck up. Like, yeah, just <laughs> the thing, the thing is with happens. the Irish, the Irish understand comedy and misery at the same time. And it works. It's the, there's the balance of the Irish there. That's all you need. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, I think those three movies are something truly, truly special. I know we're, this is kind of going to be the topic of the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> go and watch all these fantastic movies because. We don't yeah. get to do that much on sequelizers, so it's <laughs> nice to actually talk about really I think, good films. I think, really I think good more directors. people definitely need to see Seven Psychopaths because loads of people seen in Bruges, loads of people seen Three Billboards, but Seven Psychopaths seems to be just kind of dropped in the middle because some people, yeah. give, like you say, give it middling reviews. It's just like 
Yeah, a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's a film you have to get." It's like, no, it's not a film you have to get. It's a slightly weird film. It's really funny. It's got Sam Rockwell firing on all psychotic cylinders. I adore everything Sam Rockwell's in. He's a treasure. Yeah, Sam Rockwell can play crazy. Iron Man 2. He's oh, yeah. the best thing in Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I talk about it in one of our in. MCU episodes. <laughs> yeah, he's the best Sam thing Rockwell in is. it. Yeah. Excellent. So I was going to move on to you, Gadget, now, but now I'm, I'm puzzled. I, 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 I have had another thought. I have oh, thought of another one. Go. Go. And not one that you would expect. Oh, my uh, God. We can't have porn um, directors, by the way. <laughs> they make way more than five. five. Unless they made three features. <laughs> I'm Only two first three minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So uh, the the director I'm I'm going to bring up has only done uh, four films. Oh, four films. One, two, three. Four. Yes, mostly known for uh, TV and video game direction. Ooh, what? interesting. Hideo Kojima. No, not Hideo Kojima. <laughs> no. Uh, Although I'm I'm pushing it with this one because he's he's got two films announced but not made yet. Oh, that doesn't oh, count. That's, that's fine. That's, that's fine. I'm pushing it, but um, uh, yeah, he's been a very prolific um creator since. I'm worried now. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, well, since the mid nineties, actually. Who on earth are you talking about? You're gonna fucking hate me when I say this, but I'm talking about Trey Parker. What? <laughs> <laughs> the man Forever behind South Park and the voice of Cartman. Forever. <laughs> And he has but, done two films. No, he's he's, he's, done, done, he's done four. So he's done, the first film he did was uh, in 1993, Alfred Packer the Musical. Did it? Oh, Basketball as well. No, no, he starred in Basketball. He didn't oh, direct it. Right. Uh, 1997, he did Orgasmo. Orgasmo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That left an Talk impact. Rocket! <laughs> <laughs> and then he did the absolute classics that are South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, and Team America, World Police. Mm. And South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, probably the best musical ever written. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we did a, an episode on musicals for part of our uh, last interseason section, and Matt actually picked um, uh, uh, Can- Cannibal, Cannibal the Musical, musical the, the album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, his first film as his musical not because it's a good film because it's not but no. because there's a commentary on it where it's just trey parker and a bunch of his mates getting drunk and watching it um and just <laughs> taking the piss out of themselves and he's like that's worth watching yeah, yeah. but uh yeah um i mean mostly bringing it because orgasm was a load of shite but but <clears> south park and, and, uncut and um and team america world police because i think as um as knowing spoofs are kind of the turn of the century, because it was 1999 for South Park and 2004 for Team America, mm-hmm. both presented in really unusual terms. Like, if if someone had, taught, had come to you in, in like the late 90s and says, oh, South Park's going to make a musical, and it's going to have some really banging fucking songs in it. <laughs> like, really highly polished, well-produced songs. Blame Canada's a banger. I was, I was literally about to bring that one up. <laughs> 24 years later, it, uh, 23 years later, rather, it's still stuck in me fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> And if, if, if uh, and Cal's mom's a bitch is something I just regularly sing to myself because it's really funny. <laughs> and I really posted that into our di- WhatsApp group with that. Yeah, you did, did. actually. You did. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a really fun. Um, it's a really fun kind of pastiche on the way culture kind of demonizes things and the way um, the world kind of. Reacts in strange ways to the slightest of offences. <laughs> you know, the idea that the kids see an R-rated film, which has a lot of swear words yeah, They didn't in it. swear before then, did they? And they didn't swear before that. And then they come out and swear, and then all of a sudden, 
South Park and America are at war with Canada. Yeah. yeah. And it's all part of Saddam Hussein's plan to bring himself yeah, back he's, from he, hell. Because he's, he's, he's in sexual relationships with Satan, isn't he? Yes. Yes. And he goes, why you always make love to me from behind? It's so funny. <laughs> hey, relax, guy. <laughs> it's, so it's so good. but It's, oh, it's but- so surreal. But then, but then you take that surreal concept, even by South Park standards, and they've done some surreal shit um, even since. And then you move that onto Team America World Police. Thunderbirds. <laughs> which, is, which is the only film, probably one of the only comedies I've ever seen where I, I saw it in the cinema with, a full cinema, in fact, and at one moment, every single person was nearly having asthma attacks of laughing. <laughs> which was the, the sex scene. scene. Yeah. It was the sex <laughs> scene. Have you seen the uncut yeah. version? Yes. I've seen the yeah. uncut With version. The no one, needs to, no one sees, needs to see the uncut version. <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> rotten. It's, but he, marionettes but he, giving yeah. it some. He, I mean, even that, the, the other biggest laugh from that one was just a, 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 um, when, when America Fuck Yeah starts playing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Just because it comes out of nowhere. Alex it's is like, uh, what are you going to do, get me in this car and make you suck your dick? No, I've got a mission. Now suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> I wait, saw wait, that it, it, hungover in the, in the <laughs> not, not wise. In the Philippines <laughs> after a stag night. <laughs> and that like I was that. in the hotel room with my, sort of technically my brother-in-law, and he had a collection of DVDs, and we didn't know what to watch. We were so <laughs> hanging. And we both looked at this. And, and thought, you watched that? No idea what it was. It just—it said obviously from the makers of South Park. So we thought, oh, okay, we'll put that on for a giggle, obviously. And oh my god, I was holding my sides whilst trying not to throw up. So I think it's so cleverly—it's it, it's cle- cleverly and deliberately problematic because it's Absolutely. taking that problematic and owning it. If you get—it's really hard to explain what they're doing. They're, they're doing it deliberately. If you bear in mind the time that it was made, so it came out in two thousand and four. Yeah. We would, Two or two and a bit years into the kind of Middle Eastern wars following kind of September eleventh yeah. attacks, yeah. and it was at that point where the the kind of the, the the patriotic jingoism had kind of died down, and people were starting to be critical of the American government and how they were <laughs> handling the war and what they were doing over there. And there's the idea because you know America has always been the world's police. There you go. Mm. You know, you, you, get, you, get, you get that opening scene of, of terrorists in Paris, and they just destroy the fucking Louvre and the um, damn, I missed. Yeah, and and the, and the Eiffel Tower, and it's like. Bonjour, we have protected you from the terrorists. And like the entire square is destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's bad. So and the Kim Jong Il stuff is so bad. Oh, he's oh. so wrong. It's so bad. It's no, it's terrible. It's proper terrible by today's standards. But oh, it's Kim Jong Il. Fuck that guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> again. We can't get... take this. Dude. Jeez, we, we're we're down, get... mate. I know. I know. Try we, we... not be too political. <laughs> no, we don't. But like no. seriously. Like... He's retired now anyway, so it's yeah, fine. Happy from life. people to take the piss out of him. <laughs> it, the, um, it, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a clever film, and I think it's deliberately that way. If you get yeah, me. It's deliberately clever. You can't, you no, can't I mean, be deliberately clever. Accidentally very clever, too. It's, it's weird. I'm trying to explain something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's what they do. It's what South Park has done for 20, <laughs> it's 20 odd years yeah. now. Mm. It's yeah. continued to so do. good at it. That yeah. secret, si- the secret signal in the Jeep as well. If you get into trouble with your arms and then they look at him, they're like, oh, that one in the back, he's going crazy. <laughs> you can, it's, wait, you, it's, it's, it's a terrorist disguise. That I, I like. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. When he, just, he goes under the knife and everything, and he's just got things stuck onto yeah. his face. I think, and they're like, oh my God. I need to watch let's, that. Let's again, hear your though. terrorist language. Dirka, jihad. Do you know one of my it's favorite so jokes bad. in it is it's just normal and crude and just. It's not anything clever. It's just when he's throwing up. 
and it just continues yeah. Yeah. to come, <laughs> continues to throw up. That is just gross, man. That keeps getting used all the time. But you see, this is why it's so impactful because we can all pick out from every frame of that film something that we find funny, mm. something ridiculous. The fucking the, the the lead character looking sad, going around American monuments with a song in the background going "Freedom isn't free." <laughs> or, um, when when they when they get attacked, and he says, "I'm sorry, that was bad intelligence." And he turns to the computer acronym intelligence. Yes. That very bad very intelligence. Bad intelligence. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I love the moment the as well. towards the the climax when uh, I think it's Kim Jong Il like is like unleash the Panthers, and it's just like <laughs> a <laughs> pair of black kittens. <laughs> <laughs> and this really terrible clever. part, don't they? Yeah. Like the- yeah. Or, the, or or even just the gag of the Matt Damon thing where they they, <laughs> they, they, they cast the model. Badly, yeah. so they so they just changed all his dialogue. Wasn't that Matt, Matt Damon, Damon that voiced Matt Damon? Is that is that a no, straight no, no, them? It basically, um, yeah, it came out of the oven and looked really stupid and simple. And they just so went, they left it. Yeah, they just we're just going to make him just say Matt Damon it. over and over again, rather than <laughs> that's so funny. He's meant to be more <laughs> yeah. Goodwill Hunting style. They said, yeah, oh. like thoughtful and, and poetic and stuff. And then they just went. <laughs> No, he Good looks really stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon has had to live with that for 18 years. People shout, yeah. Matt Damon! Yeah, in exactly. the oh, poor guy. I think yeah. one, one dodgily cast model transformed that man's life for the next 15 years. Just like Craig David and Kez. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah it is, God. yeah. Which he did, he did, he did say he was going to take some legal action on that one, didn't he? Or Craig David. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He yeah, I, I, I love I love Trey Parker, and to be fair, I love South Park in general. Like the the TV show is generally it's one of the few that's been for like twenty something years. It's unrelenting. consistently twenty four seasons, something like that. Something like only that. behind the Simpsons, pretty much. Yeah. It's better than the Simpsons because it's consistent. Well, it's, consistent it's consistent. It's consistent, yeah. but also the way they make it now because it's all it's all done on computers. They have like six episodes a season where they do a current events episode. Mm. It's yeah, they can now. make an episode in a week. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It's mad, like to animate something that fast is madness. It yeah, reminds me of the the thing in The Simpsons where uh, Homer's got the job uh, is Poochie, and he's like, uh, "Oh, do they do do they do the episodes live?" It's like, no, very very few animated shows are made live. It's terrible strain on the animators' wrists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, still, I do still need to see the South Park um, uh, pandemic specials. Oh, the, uh, oh, that, that, the follow-up and oh, the whole all the NFT stuff is just yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I, I still I still love South Park. So we will move on to Tim now. Uh, so I am sliding in under the wire with this one uh, because oh, my director's the last minute uh, sixth film is coming out later this year. You lucky man, sneaky Tim, yeah. sneaky. We'll have to get VAR on that one. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm all right. I don't think it's coming out till like the autumn. So, you know. Oh, we'll let you off. Um, so I have picked Ryan Johnson. <gasps> um, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Mm. Controversial. Yeah. Yeah. To some people. Um, like, obviously did Star Wars. Mm. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dan. <laughs> um, when everyone says Star Wars, I laugh as well. Uh, but... I I would I I prefer to focus on his like earlier films because he's I was very lucky where I heard the buzz on Brick when it first came out and got Brick. to see it in the cinema uh and instantly knew this was a filmmaker who I was like I've got to yeah. 
keep an eye on this guy because Brick is such an amazing, amazing film from the kind of the ground up and just like as a statement of intent of just like, yeah, I'm going to come out and I'm going to make a film noir, but it's going to be in a high school. Um, yeah. and it, But it's it's not going to be a parody. It's going to be completely done straight and it's going to work really, really well. Um, uh, and um, so he did that in 2005. The Brothers Bloom, which I think is probably his least seen film. Is, I've seen it, but it's not my favourite. It's probably one of my favourite films. <laughs> um, I remember... <laughs> Sorry. That, no, no, it's all right. Um, like, like we said earlier, like favourite doesn't necessarily mean best, but... True. It's... Um, it's quite kind of gets into a bit of kind of metatextual com- uh, sort of commentary on the process of storytelling. People who haven't seen it, it's um, Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody as a pair of brothers who are kind of con men, um, and they are trying to. Uh, Rachel Vice is in it, and she plays this kind of wealthy heiress who, um, for a long while, thought she was allergic to a bunch of stuff. And so has basically lived as a recluse, um, but is incredibly wealthy and has got really good a bunch of different hobbies. So she has a like she's amazing at various different skills, but she has no idea of like the world at large. Um, And it's basically them trying to con her out of her fortune, but then you know, sort of falling in love with her and various other twists on the tale. She's Rachel Vice. Because she's Rachel Vice, yeah. Um, (laughs) Completely understandable, Um, Mm -hmm. but. it's it gets really interesting because they 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 sort of talk a lot about and Mark Ruffalo's character is sort of this he's almost like a film director in the the way he sets up the cons have this like thematic resonance and you know he he mm. phrases the way he talks to people to remind them of like their ex-wife or something so that when when they get to a certain point in the con their their emotions kick in it's a really fascinating film um very stylized again, like Brick, mm. um, and then went on to do Looper, which kind of was his mm. like. Obviously, Brick got a lot of attention, but I think Looper was kind of his breakout for a lot of people. It's certainly, the yeah, I unashamedly love Looper. Yeah, yeah, I, like I think it's incredible. It's one of those films where I watched it and I really liked it at the time, but I was kind of a little <clears> bit like, oh, this is the kind of structure of it is not what I was expecting, and then I went back. Maybe a couple of years later, and rewatched it, and I was like, "Oh no, actually, this is brilliant." Um, I do like how they try and convince you that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a young, yeah, uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> prosthetic choice is bold. Yes, really bold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it kind of works, and other times it's you just it's because they make him scowl like yeah, at least he yeah. tried. There's so many times where you see like younger versions of characters and like that looks nothing like something. Yeah, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's so much better looking. I still than look like <laughs> I still look like I did 20 years ago. Yeah. Like in in the same kind of fit similar facial features. Yeah. You don't, in films, characters' faces and bodies and everything just change. Yeah. So he did something I, with his eyebrows. I appreciate that they try to at least make him look yeah. like Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah, there is a hilarious moment where they've got there's like a bit where they're doing the kind of jump through time as he ages into Bruce Willis, and it's like Bruce Willis but with a terrible wig on that's meant to like (laughs) be young Joseph Gordon-Levitt's hair. Um, Thankfully, it's only on screen for about a second, I think. Um, Yeah, but yeah, Looper just kind of such a fascinating like 
the kind of the world building that he did in in that kind of strange okay there's time travel but you know it sort of drives the plot but also kind of doesn't in certain ways and there's like yeah. weird telekinesis going on and just such a such a kind of and Paul Dano yeah the always always him. great Paul Dano um, I need to go back and watch that again actually cause... oh it's so good it's worth it mate yeah mm. um and obviously then last jedi which what do which camp do you follow i'm very pro last jedi oh, yeah. yeah yeah i like it as well yeah but it's still Star Wars, yeah. and Star Wars makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> There's terrible things in that film, but I think yeah. what he was trying yeah. to do, in, which which is ironic, because earlier this week I saw someone moaning about the fact that um, Kathleen Kennedy and all Star Wars and, and, and Disney now and everything, they're just like, oh, everything's just the same and everything. It's like, well, you had a director who tried to push the series. Yeah, it's the most unique in, Star Wars. In a separate, mm-hmm. in a different way, yep. and you all yeah. complained about that. So yep. what do you want? Yeah. Do you want mm. things to be the same? One of the most or do you toxic want... fandoms yeah. or do you want in the world. Some... Mm. They just want lightsabers, yeah. don't they? That's all they want. Mm. Well, no, well, no, I mean, it's been long said. Star Wars fans don't deserve Star Wars. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. But there's they plenty the in worst. The Last Jedi that's shit. But in terms of what he tried to set up in the universe and push things along... It's so different, isn't mm. it? And then what we got was Rise of Skywalker, which was fucking bullshit. Mm. I, I, I also <laughs> think the weaker parts of um, Last Jedi would have been looked on more favourably had they been continued and finished off. A hundred percent. In a proper third film yep. that followed yep. the story properly. Somehow probably wrecked it. Like, fuck off. Just, just like Lost. Yeah. We can blame J.J. Abrams once again. We can blame for a lot of things. Like not finishing a fucking story. Yeah. And just being like, here you go, and off to someone else, and they do something different, see, and they get backlash for it. Well, see, fuck you, Abrams. Yeah. See, I, I, I like The Force Awakens. It, it's basically I, the I first really Star Wars film. J.J. Abrams is great at starting things. He's terrible uh, yeah. at finishing. He, he them. never finished anything. Yeah. 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 The fact that they went into it's that trilogy life. with no idea <laughs> uh, with no idea where they were going and no plan is just so I can't understand that mentality of like we've no. given them to spend four billion yeah, on the franchise. Exactly. As well. And it's mm. just like, oh, we're just gonna kind of bum fuzzle our way through it. Like obviously we're gonna give it to talented people and also Colin Trevorrow. But um yeah. you know that hyper jump. Use of that movie was fucking awesome. Yeah. What do they call it? the the maneuver? They call it oh, the maneuver. Yeah. yeah. The, the Holdo um, maneuver, I guess. Holdo, yeah. Yeah. Holdo maneuver. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah. moment in the cinema where it just goes silent. It's just I saw silence. Yeah. So cool. I think yeah. I think that's the thing. Like visually, it, he pushes it forward by by also looking back at the influences that George Lucas had at the time. So he's looking back at the Akira Kurosawa stuff, he's looking back at the yeah. World War II dogfight stuff, he's looking back at these other things are going, okay, this is what inspired Star Wars originally, let's take another look at it and go, what else can we bring forward and, and use in interesting yeah. ways? And also, like you say, it, it's it's setting out this idea of Star Wars doesn't just have to be about this one family like <laughs> it, it is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does, Tim. I think you'll find. <laughs> well, no, it turns out two, two families. It, yes, exactly. It turns out it's That's, about two uh, families. Yeah. Um, well, mm, depends. Depends on if you believe in the immaculate birth yeah. thing yeah. by Palpatine theory. <laughs> yeah. And I guess technically that's one because he's he's sort of Anakin's oh, dad, maybe. Yeah. I, I do. I do I hate like Star the... Wars sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I do love Star Wars, but I also hate it just as oh, much. Oh, me too, yeah. mate. Yeah, but I, that's I just do... being a Star Wars fan in the twenty first century. <laughs> with, with Last Jedi, I think he took brave. He did took brave steps, like killing the baddie without any explanation of who the baddie is. Yeah, brilliant. That's so or, brave. Or bold choice. 
I, I, I love. And the, they couldn't I, follow it up. No. We've got a clone of Palpatine now. <laughs> I know. I, mean? I know. The, I know the casino scene isn't gen- isn't generally that well favoured, but I really like that like story point. Point. It's got oh, Justin yeah. Theroux in it. It's good. No, but I, I really yeah. like the the, uh, the towards the end of that one, the, the act sequence where you get the kind of the, that little conversation where. He, where he says, "Who, who does, who does the, um, who do the rebels buy their weapons off? Oh, who do the Imperials yeah, so buy their good. weapons off? It's like, who makes money in a war? Yeah, and I, I love that. I thought that was just like, that yes, doesn't make a difference to me. War is war. Mm. I, will yeah. sell, I will sell weapons to both of you. It's mm. like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I love that, and I also love the battle on uh, crate mm. because I just think mm. it's one of the most visually arresting yeah, battles yeah. in the whole. The, the salt, the red salt. Oh god. Also, and 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 they and they. That's yeah. a gr- brushing, brushing <laughs> the dust off his shoulder. But that's a great <laughs> meme because the guy who he goes, he's like, uh, salt. Like, it's yeah. like an almost little dig at the salty uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's uh, Gareth Edwards who directed Rogue One. Yes. <laughs> who did the little salt. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. And then Knives Out, which is oh, yes. so good. So good. Um, so theatrical. Um, I love Daniel Craig. Doing stupid southern accents. It was it was great in Logan Lucky. Believe me, mate. I have to do this podcast with them. It's just <laughs> it's nice to have people I can understand on the pod for a change. Wow, wow, come on. Um, but yeah, like such a kind of throwback to kind of old school uh, murder mystery Agatha Christie stuff. Yeah, but working so well. Like what an ensemble of like actors. Yeah. Chris Evans just having the time of his life not being in Captain America. He loves being an actor, doesn't he? Yeah. He loves being an actor, that man. He, yeah. He's one of the one of the stars. You know, he's never going to moan it. We've got you another script. He's like, yay! <laughs> you can tell that he's just like kind of letting it all go after playing the the good guy, Captain America. Yeah. He, he can't swear, you know, the whole language thing. And then yeah. all of a sudden he got, he got into a film where he's just like, eat shit, eat shit, yeah. eat shit, eat shit. <laughs> like, I reckon he added a few extra just to be like, I can finally yeah. say this on yeah. camera. Like, yeah. yeah, when that when that first trailer came out and it was just him just being a huge arsehole to everyone, I was just like, oh, this is, this is going to be good. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Ryan Johnson, I think he's just got such like – quite a diverse you know obviously like likes genre stuff has dealt with kind of sci-fi and crime and and that kind of stuff so he but within that he's managed to get quite a diverse spread within five films um obviously you just got me thinking so so knives out two is obviously going to be the first sequel that he's kind of doing of yes, his own movie so yeah. it'd be interesting to see if he can capture that same well brilliant i reckon he'll pull it off yeah i mean i think you know I think it will be interesting to see to see whether it works as a sequel. Um yeah. you know, it's got another amazing cast lined up. Um Absolutely. So, yeah, I you know, and I think that film knives out just so clever in the way it's structured, you know, of kind of how it it keeps turning on what the audience knows and you know, you think you've got a third of the way through and you think you're in a traditional murder mystery and you're like, okay, well yeah. we'll get to the end and find out the murderer. Oh no, we found that out a third of the way through. And then you get I thought I solved it about four times and still was yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Knives Out 2 ends up being like and then what he goes on to do after that, you know. Um, you know it might just Knives be Out like... Knives Out 3, apparently. Well, the, yeah. The, the Adventures of Benoit Blanc, yeah, it's going to be the new 
Poirot basically yeah. and just be I'll him, him that, solving a different case each time, which I'm I love fine. Poirot anyway. So yeah. I'll I mean, do I, it. I, I, <laughs> I would love that, but I'd also I'd be a little bit disappointed because. I want him to keep going on and and pushing and trying mm. different stuff and you know. Uh, I want to see. I want to see him do a horror. Yeah, Ooh, I think that would that would be really good. Um, mm. You know, I think I think he's got a real skill for kind of world yeah. building in a in an interesting it, way. It, can also, yeah. it, it subverts expectation as well, yeah. and it's perfect for horror. Yeah, maybe even slasher, like thinking like Scream, something mm. like that. Ryan Johnson does Scream up. Six. Can you? Remember? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I feel and the the kill ghost face. <gasps> How dare he? <laughs> so brave. Yeah, I feel like you. Anyone could... can be ghost face. It turns out. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I feel like you could list kind of any genre, and I'd be go. I'd sort of say, oh yeah, I'd like to see him tackle that. So yeah, I think I think um, only going to go from strength to strength. Yeah, that's a, that's an incredible pick. And now. The the last man standing, Stig. What are you bringing to the table, sir? My choice is the youngest man to ever win a, a Best Director Award, Oscar. Ah. And that is Damien Chazelle. Oh, Chaz- nice. Nice. I, I admit I haven't seen his first film, but the three films I have seen after that, I think are all absolutely incredible. Um, He started his first feature-length film in 2009 with Guy and Madeline on a park bench. I don't know. Yep. Has anyone else seen that? No. No, but I know of it. No. So I need to see that at some point just to uh, kind of catch up and see where he started. But the first film I did see that he did directed was Whiplash. Whiplash is so oh, good. Yeah. Uh, Whiplash <laughs> is a story of a young promising drummer who kind of enrolls at a cutthroat music uh, school and the lead is played by Miles Teller and the J.K. Simmons is the orchestra um, conductor and he is yeah. a bastard of a man. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he just? just like he's basically J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, it's worse. Oh, he's way, oh, yeah. way worse. Much than worse than he's like <laughs> one of the best cinematic villains of the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, yeah. You yeah. watch that film and you're hearing them play the music. It's like this is really cool. This is kind of and it just stops him. It's just like and like, he's somehow noticing someone within the orchestra playing something wrong. And he just goes ballistic at them. And the, I don't know how many... I'm, I'm sure there's a drinking game where he says, not my tempo, and that probably would get <laughs> you absolutely wasted. Mm. <laughs> but just the way that he... Um, is it Chazelle? Is that how I pronounce it? I just want to... Yeah, Chazelle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way that he films his characters, I feel like everything's kind of up and pl- close and personal with them. Uh, it kind of draws you in into their stories. and He's not scared to point the camera directly into the face, is it? No. Yeah, I think that comes from his background in musical stuff. Yeah, he's like... I know this is something people have talked about when you adapt a musical onto the big screen and you kind of... You're able to do something different than just having it on the stage. You can have close-ups. You can suddenly have these really intimate moments be inches from the characters' faces and and Whiplash is so... Well, there's the scenes and where he's, and stuff he's drumming like and you can see the calluses and the blisters on exactly, his and there's yeah. blood splattering and it's, mm. it's so visceral. Do you want to know yeah, what, as, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a, by comparison to the way Tom Hooper does it. Oh, God. And, yes. <laughs> don't get me started on Tom Hooper. You said <laughs> one of Jack's hell. trigger words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Winter Soldier on his ass and just trigger my thumb, yeah. Interesting fact that Miles Tell actually learned how to play the drums for this role. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon he still does it? 
Because I would, if I would learn that skill, because mm. he's really good. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think so, but I don't know if he... And jazz drumming's like one of the hardest like like mm. principles of drumming, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. But to say this is kind of breakout film, this film was nominated for five Oscars and won three. That's, That's enough. Right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty good day at the office. And then his next film <laughs> is an even better day at the office, which is nom- yes. La La Land, which is nominated for one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, <laughs> twelve, phenomenon. fourteen Oscars, Fucking including hell. one, two, three, four, five, six winners, which he himself he destroyed, won didn't in he? directing. He destroyed. And I love La La Land. I think it's I do. a brilliant film. I think it looks absolutely stunning. I'm just going to... Uh, Unfortunately, listeners won't get to see this. I'm just going to sing. I'm going to send you a link in the chat there if you want to have a look at that picture and look at the color tones and the and the shots that he uses throughout La La Land. It's absolutely stunning. Wow! Mm. Wow! Biggie, add this one to my list of ones I haven't seen yet. You can add it to mine. I haven't seen it either. What? Right. Put it this way, Kurt, one of our regular listeners, Kurt Lewin, he hates musicals but absolutely loves this film. And Whiplash is his favourite film of yeah. all time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. But that's kind of... I, I really like musicals, and I don't particularly like La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love musicals, but La La Land, I was so like, heads up, I'm like, I'm not seeing this. Oh, I'm not, I'm not arsed. And then it's, it's like how, how, I, how I was with The Greatest Showman. I didn't want to like it, but then when you watch <laughs> it again, you're like this. No, yeah, I, I didn't. You're dancing yeah. and singing. The Greatest Showman's great, musically. Film, the film itself yes. is so-so. <laughs> It's it's not an accurate representation. Oh no, of course not. Or anything like that. <laughs> of course, really course killing not. elephants, kids. It's yeah. like, oh god. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, this I I did love La La Land. I think it gets me from the from the very beginning with the singing and on dancing on the on the highway, and I it's kind of got me back into musicals. The only kind of other musicals that I watched over the last ten or so years. Watch Sweeney Todd, which was terrible. You've seen Tick, Tick, mm. Boom now, haven't you, as well? Um, which I adored. Tick, Boom's great. Hang on. We'll, it's my favourite film of last year. We'll get there. Hold your horses. <laughs> but, yeah, outside of Disney's, I'd kind of gone off musicals, but this is this kind of reignited a love of seeing musicals, and I've watched so many since and, and kind of really love them. And I think he's had a massive influence on the musical scene because of this film. Yeah. And obviously... You know, it won a lot of awards and it was nominated for a lot because Hollywood loves stories of Hollywood. So yeah, they do. That kind of helps, but I just think that it itself is a great film. The, the ending is about nearly ten minutes long, and I absolutely love it. From just the, the the moment she sees him in the bar and then everything that follows all the way to the end, it's just one continuous joyous moment. And I, and I absolutely was blown away by the ending of that film. And yeah, I was just looking at the list of musicals to come out since then. And some of these probably would have come out because they are sequels as well. But so we had La La Land and then The Greatest Showman became a big hit. Uh, you also had um, Pitch Perfect 3, but I guess that was probably a sequel. So <laughs> they probably would have got to done that anyway. And the, and the Apocalypse is another one I saw, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and you had another Mary Poppins, another Mamma Mia, A Star Is Born. Not ish, kind of a musical. It's not, not really, really. It's a biopic. That mm, yeah. one kind of thing, isn't it? And then li- recently, there's been, like, say, Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, Annette in the Heights, uh, 
Spielberg got to do West Side Story. I feel like a oh, lot yeah. of these films probably got greenlit because of the success yeah. of La La Land, because they saw a musical which not only was loved by the Academy, but was kind of loved across the board, and a mm. lot of the general public really liked it as well. So I feel like the industry maybe have looked at that and gone, hang on, like people like musicals. Let's do the, more of them. The fact <laughs> that it was an like it wasn't based on a stage show and it wasn't a Disney mm. film. Like original yeah. film musicals are incredibly rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sure. I definitely don't think you would have got The Greatest Showman um, without the existence of La La Land. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even anyway. sure you might have got West Side Story. I know Spielberg's attached to it, but it's it hasn't obviously done very well at the box office because. The original one, obviously, was a smash, wasn't it? But that's yeah. 40, 50 years ago. Mm. But again, yeah, like Tick, Tick, Boom's got a lot of um, goodwill towards it. It's a really, it's a really good film. Um, and then Hamilton's obviously helped with musicals. Yeah, um, especially contemporary. Yeah, I know that's more like that was already a big hit on Broadway and around the world, yeah. regardless. But I think it's Cats did well, didn't it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> that's the other trigger word. <laughs> Tom Hooper and Cats. There, that's the same. Tom Hooper fucking... directs the sequel. Fleas. <laughs> but I just think that out. as a director, he just goes from strength to strength, and his films. Just keep getting nominated. I mean, I know the Oscars aren't really the brummer to say, oh, this is good or this isn't good. But they are up there with what's seen yeah. around the world as a high accolade. And he just keeps getting yep. nominated and winning them. Like his film. Did he have something to do with First Man as well? Direct- he didn't direct it. Did yeah, he, did he direct directed First yeah, he Man. He did. He directed it, yeah. And First Man, right. again, yeah. I love First Man because it obviously tells the story of the First Man on the Moon. But yeah. what I loved about it more was it wasn't just kind of some. Let's blow smoke up Neil Armstrong's butt and it wasn't present like him, Apollo 13 present or him as like some, that, like you know, like it's just a Captain America kind of person who went to the moon and yeah. did that. It, <laughs> it really got into his struggles and his family life yeah. and, and and neglect his trepidations about going on this mission and going on the to the moon and and the moon landing. You should go if, watch the moon landing again if you've seen this film because it is a stunning piece of work. It is it's about five minutes long. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick, right? Stanley Kubrick's <laughs> best yeah, 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 film. <laughs> In this film. Yeah, the moon landing again gets you so everything is shot so close and personal. So the camera is zoomed right in in the guy's faces. It is right in on yeah. all the inside of the, <clears throat> the spaceship and rock spaceship, whatever. <laughs> Luna Lander. Yeah. And Cock all rocket. the, and all the Cock kind of the uh, switches and the dials and everything. And it's all shaky kind of thing, but the music overlaid over the top of that is beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, I just want, I'm just looking forward to it everything that this guy does mm. going forward. Uh, he's got he's, his new film. Oh, sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, he's got one coming out this year now, hasn't he? Babylon. Yes. Yeah. What's, the, what's this one about? Little synopsis. Plot unknown. Ah, Rumored to be set perfect. in period Hollywood. So, Ah, another Oscar one. <laughs> Starring Tobey <laughs> Maguire, Olivia Wilde, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Eric Roberts. That's got Oscar Samara written Samara Weaving. Uh, anyone else? Big names in there. Any by chance happening to release it around like November time? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's scheduled for December release. Funnily enough, oh there, there we go. go. Mm, I wonder why. But yeah, I, I'm, 
mm. really looking forward to seeing what he does. And he, you know, he he's got a love for jazz music, kind of you would say. And <laughs> I think he just, nice. I think yeah, I think his use of music throughout his films is really well done as well. So um, I actually might go back and watch his films. Um, I'm, he seems like a stand-up guy as well. Yeah. Like, he's only a young little thing, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a year older than me. And look at—he's very young. Look at, everything, very young. look at everything he's achieved. Yeah, you've <laughs> achieved. Look at all your your leather-bound books behind you, mate. You know what I mean? Very it's, important. Yes. <laughs> but no, but I, it, I'm like you, Jack. Generally, it is impressive to have. You know, he's he's 37. Like he's under 40. Yeah. To yeah. have such a huge impact and win multiple Oscars, even first man he won a, a best original score as well. Like yep. him, obviously he didn't do the music necessarily, <laughs> but like it's still winning Oscars basically every single time you make a film <laughs> in your thirties is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. But like I was saying, I was going to say I'm a bit like you. Where I don't tend to watch a lot of things again because I've got such a massive watch list that I want to kind of get Whiplash through. Whiplash is worth it. Yeah, I want to try to get through all the films that I haven't seen. Yep. But just talking about him now, I'm just thinking I might actually just go back and watch those three films. Yeah, I literally just thought, like, I should rewatch watch La La Land, as you were saying. Yeah. Like, Shit, yeah. <laughs> doing it again. <laughs> it is good, honestly, mate. I know you say you, you weren't that into it, but La La Land... No, I, I mean, it forgets it's a musical good. halfway through, but... Yeah, yeah, it does. There's, there's not, no yeah, music for a while. I think, I think that was my... Pro- I, I was lukewarm on it. I think it... I was expecting it to be more of a musical, because everyone was going on Same. with, like, yeah. oh, it's, you know, it's a return to the great Hollywood musicals. And I was like... Mm-hmm. Kind of is, um, but I think mm. like visually, he's just so. I mean, like the, the the pictures you shared, like the the kind of the the way he puts frames together, like the motion, his control over motion, um, in his films is so amazing. Like the shot in La La Land of the person falling into the pool, um, yeah, is like amazing, like amazing filmmaking. Um, yeah, so I think I think like as a as a director he's he's still even even when it's a film that i don't connect with as much i can still see like how good he is as a director yeah i was just looking yeah. as well actually um he did win best original song for city of stars so we talk about the music from that film she mm. don't think that was the best song that year to be honest no should have gone to moana with how far i'll go that is, that is a better song. That's always played that is a better song than City of Stars. <laughs> but, you know, again... My daughter adores that yeah, I just talked about Encanto last week, saying that I didn't think it had a memorable music. It's come to number one this week. Number one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the music in it, uh, this has been non-stop in my house, that music. Yeah, Encanto was really good. Yeah. But yes, excellent. Thank you all very much for that. But we have a bulging sack of listener feedback. Haven't we, Gadget? Evidently so. Um... <laughs> Uh, this uh, yeah, this hit for a few people actually. Sergeant Stories written in saying, "I shall provide no context for these names. You may <laughs> look them up prior to or during the show if you like, or not as you choose. Cheated, Just yeah. read them out and be done if you'd like." He's very commanding these days, Sergeant. <laughs> it's a sergeant, make them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so ten names: Steve McQueen. Yeah. Um, On my list. Well, technically eleven names because this is Benny and Josh Safty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they count as one. Yeah, so if you count Josh directed something on his own first, oh yeah, then it's six, and he doesn't. They don't as a <laughs> pair. Out. They have directed five. If you include Josh's directorial debut, Get out. it's six. I checked. <laughs> uh, I'm the research guy on our show. I'm the research oh, guy on this yeah. show too. <laughs> yeah, You're we don't hired. research. We don't do homework. Uh, uh, Chloe Zhao is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Director of uh, Eternals, obviously, and many other things. We've, yes. we, we've discussed that ad nauseum as well, haven't we? <laughs> In the yeah. Eternals. Uh, Damien Chazelle, Martin mm. McDonough, Barry Jenkins. Mm. Yep, mm. Barry Jenkins. Yep. Uh, Incredible. Robert Eggers. My boy. Uh, Greta Gerwin. <gasps> Gerwig. Oh, yeah. Yep. Gerwig. Gerwig. Which is what he's written here. Yeah. <laughs> he actually um, put Greta getting, and I changed it to Gerwig. I forgot to. <laughs> the, uh, uh, I changed it wrong was earlier. <laughs> Uh, Ari Aster and Jordan Peele. Yeah, Jordan mm, Peele. Jordan Peele. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Speaking of people who've done uh, amazing director. horror movies, yeah. <laughs> Although I, I will uh, call him out. They cheated because they got that from a list where I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't just look. Oh, never mind. That's what just Google's for, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Smash is clear. Has said uh, evening. Three directors spring to mind. Two are recent horror directors who made a significant impact with very few films. Jordan Peele has made two instant classics with Get Out and Us, yep. both are well paced and have great tension, but also weave in social commentary. Meanwhile, Ari Aster does a great line in creeping dread and unsettling weirdness. I love both Hereditary and Midsummer. The opening sequence of Midsummer has burned into my oh. brain. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, he goes on to finish off with Martin McDonough has been around much longer than any of my other two examples, but directs films very infrequently. He also works as a playwright, but insists that those works are different and resists calls for his work to be translated to the screen. Mm. His play Pillow Man is incredible, and it's a real shame it won't be made into a film to reach a much wider audience. Mm. Nice. We've got cultured listeners. <laughs> oh, right. Wow, yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, guys. <laughs> uh Angry We've talked Kurt, about that uh, before, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Kurt is voting for Martin McDonough as well. He says, I must be honest and say my actual choice is Damien Chazelle, but I've waxed lyrical about his films on this podcast before. Yes. I think McDonough has done five films, of which all are at least as good, uh, but there are only two, which I think are Stone Cold Bangers with In Bruges and uh, Three Billboards. Especially in Bruges, which is one film I had to study for media studies at a day level. Oh, that makes lucky me feel so thing. fucking old. <laughs> it makes me feel old. Uh, it makes me feel old, but that's lucky to have picked that film. When mm, I did yeah. film at school, it was Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate that film. Uh, he says he goes on to finish off. Uh, it's my favorite Colin Farrell performance outside of his recent uh, performance in The North Waters, and um, uh, Brendan Gleeson is fantastic too. He always is. Agreed. Yeah. And last up, Ray's emailed in um, one that I hadn't considered. Um, mm. He says, "Hi, modern escapism. I'm naming Spike Jones for this week's topic. Mm. He was he was my backup pick. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, on, he's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Though he wrote and produced multiple jackass films, quote unquote, as he says, <laughs> plus some TV documentaries. Spike Jones technically only directed four movies. Yep, being John Malkovich, <gasps> Adaption, uh, Where the Wild Things Are, cool. and my personal favorite sci-fi story, Her." Mm. These movies, oh. although uh, seem completely unrelated theme-wise at first glance have a mund- and have mundane starts, all have their plots descend into wackiness that defies expectations and reasoning, which I had a lot of fun watching. On top of that, the way he depicts loneliness and the desire for recognition always leaves me pondering after the movie's finished. As for Impact, Spike Jones never quite rocked the world with his limited creations, but for me it's assuring to know no matter how industrialised movie ind- the movie industry is uh, to become, there is always room for weirdos like this <laughs> man. The characters of his films and the fans of those films to find adventure and happiness. And probably the only director that can skateboard. <laughs> probably, yeah. He did quite a few of the Beastie Boys videos as well. Mm, yes, he did. He did yeah. Yeah. He's not scared to be an actor either, is yeah. he, Spike Jones? He, yeah. he doesn't, he's not a leading man, but he, he pops up in the concept. He's rumoured to be in uh, Knives Out 2, I believe. Is he? Mm, yeah. Right. The concept for very distinct looking. being mm. John Malkovich. Just, oh, it's fabulous. Oh, it's mind-blowing. It's such a funny movie, man. Just, I love it when he goes into himself. I mean, just... 
It's yeah. the weirdest thing you'll ever see, possibly, but it's so well <laughs> the thing done. I've, the thing I've always wanted to know about that film is, did he write it as being John Malkovich, or did he write it as being, and then he had to find an actor to fill that <laughs> hole? Hey, yeah, he could have been being Nick Cage or something yeah. like being couldn't Keanu oh, Reeves. Oh. I couldn't that, that Being Nick Cage would have worked. Yeah. He's, he's, he's starring in a film that he plays himself, isn't oh, he? Oh, that trailer for that movie looks incredible. Yeah. I really want the to Nick see Cage that. Nick Cage film mm. with... Um, with uh, What's his name? Boba Pedro Fett's Pascal. friend. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Boba Fett's friend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 all the her. correspondence we had this week. Excellent. Thank you all very much. And usually now, this is where Candy will will just do the um, honourable, uh, not the honourable mention. Sorry, the uh, socials. But who's going to take on the mantle this week? I'll do, I'll it. do it if you want. Dig. Oh, oh, it's up to you guys. You can argue for it if you want. No, seeing as though you didn't do it on Punk's podcast. Go on. <laughs> go Make big it go it. so if you go to modernescapism.co.uk you'll find all the links to our socials contact details and everything else including our new merchandise shop if you'd like to watch gaming streams come and watch us at twitch.tv forward slash modernescapism our merch currently being advertised in front of us but you can't see it so that's a bit weird <laughs> looks like I work at McDonald's doesn't it <laughs> got fries with that so I've got a vest on at the moment it's this top. Nice. Don't take your... <laughs> I'm wearing underwear. Um, Mondays, it's me. Um, I'm back this Monday, but obviously you're listening to this on Thursday, so time. Um, but I will be back with my piggies dies as I get frustrated playing Dark Souls still. <sighs> You've been playing this game for a year. I know. Um, for the rest of us, um, just keep an eye on our uh, Twitch or uh, Twitter accounts and you'll be notified when any of us are online. If. If. <laughs> um, I think that's it, isn't it? The five star We're going to have a little sneak peek of what we're doing. Five star reviews. Oh, yeah. The review. Oh, that's at the end. Because we've got next week, haven't we? Our theme for next week. Uh, the five star reviews. I know it's oh. there, but I'm going to do it after <laughs> the bit we talk about what we're doing next week. Don't shout at me. Which we're doing Sweet. the best of British Cinema. films, was it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Stig episode. It's a Stiggy one. <laughs> Yeah. The best of British movies. Mm. And um, if you want to support us non-financially, then please just leave us a five-star review on all places that you can do it. Spotify, do it now. Apple, you name it. Um, just make sure it's always one star above the uh, sequelizers. <laughs> wow. You can't do six stars, mate. We're a five-star podcast. <laughs> we, we, we have one one-star review, don't we, from some kind of random saying, I tried it. It wasn't for me. We have some yeah. mental ones on iTunes and or whatever Apple podcast, when it was yeah. iTunes back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, so far the Spotify ones have just been, yeah. I think that's just a star rating and no commentary, right? But yeah, it's yeah. not a real podcast exactly unless you've got be. like a, a one-star crappy review. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let yeah, me see if I can exactly. find some for the... Uh, for the Patreon bonus stuff, <laughs> yeah, excellent. it is fucking ridiculous. Speaking of which, for you tight people, <laughs> we're going to... Well, no, hang on, Noodles, before we go, we need to find out, we need to point our listeners towards the sequelizers. Yes. I was going to, so, don't worry, I was going <laughs> you, you were about to end the show. No, I weren't, no, I weren't. You, you, I was you, say, you were winding up for your closing you down spiel where people, you call the listeners tight. Now, for you tight people, we're going to go around the back in a second. But first... <laughs> well saved. I'm, but first, I'm going to allow the sequelizers... To plug away. Plug, 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 plug. Go, boys, go. Similar to you guys, you can go to sequelizers.com and find all the links to all of Ooh, our social stuff. Com. We've got a .com, yeah, because 
we made up a word. So, <laughs> that's how you get the dot com, boys. Yeah, you spellchecker have... does not like it. <laughs> you know, escapism with a K, Mortal Kombat style, you might have gotten away with it, but no. Um, but yeah, sequelizer.com, that's links to all of our social media. All of the podcast platforms are on our live streams, including the one with lovely Gadget, who's joining us this mm. Saturday. And yeah, our Discord as well, our Patreon, our merch shop. <laughs> you can get all the stuff there I'll on sequelizer.com. Discord, I'm in there. Are you? Did they they accepted you in? Nice. Fools. Yeah, yeah, we have. We've got, got very got low standards. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Tim? How dare you? Don't forget he called you pricks earlier. <laughs> exactly. No one denied it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sequelizers.com to find us as a podcast. I'm JLW Chambers on all social media. Tim is trivia underscore lad on Twitter if you want to follow us and have a go at us for our director choices or something offensive that we've said on this show. Who knows? Who can be a lot more offensive than anything Oodles ever says, so you're alright. <laughs> I've been good tonight. I've been good tonight. I've been in podcast mode tonight. I've been on other podcasts today as well. Just podcasts. But I am generally looking forward to going through your back catalogue of movies that obviously uh, mean something to me. I'm even even though that was a compliment, it sounded a bit seedy. <laughs> Didn't it just? Yeah. It did a little bit. I can't wait to go through your back catalogue. Big tear it apart. Well, you put that tone on it. I didn't have that tone at all. <laughs> I wasn't alone in thinking that. <laughs> Biggie, as, as, as a starting point, I highly recommend their season six opener, which is Prometheus. Oh, 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 oh that's a banger. That I, I, I was so angry at the end of that episode because I really want your guy's version of Prometheus. <laughs> that's, that's all Tim. That's all Tim. <laughs> Do you know the first one I listened to of yours was the Zombieland one? Because I was just looking for it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I love Zombieland, but Zombieland 2 fell off a Big cliff. pile of shit, yeah. <laughs> and you made it... Tons better. Thank I, you. Came out I, I had Stone Cold Steve Austin. So what more could you want? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I have caught up on a lot of the stuff. I haven't gone all the way back because I don't want you to start saying, oh, God, I can't wait for like a PS, PS4 to come out, <laughs> or, however long you've been doing it. You should, you should go back to the first season because their format was completely different. Yeah, oh, really? so the first, the first two seasons, we don't even have Tim yet. And it's a complete, oh. it's a completely different show. The audio quality is a big bag of shit. <laughs> is uh, it worse, it, Tim? Oh, well, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's completely different. So the format we've had now started in season five. So <gasps> yeah. episode one of season five, which is our Dark Knight Rises episode, yes, uh, is kind of the kickoff of this format that we've had since phase then. four. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's you, our phase four. Are you exactly. able to say your favourites? Just out of curiosity, of your own. They love all their children, surely. Uh, my one is probably Dark Knight Rises. I fix that. That's my, my personal fix because mm. I've been wanting to fix that film since I saw it in the cinema. <laughs> it needs and I, it. And it I, go on it. A hu- I go on a huge fucking rant on that episode about oh, how, I'll like, definitely check that one I, I've been waiting eight years for this shit. <laughs> I am so ready to fix this fucking movie. And Angry Jack is the best Jack yeah. incident. <laughs> Angry Jack is a is a regular occurrence on sequels because we talk about bad sequels. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What about you, Tim? Um, I I really enjoyed doing Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, it's so good. Yeah, I, epic. I, t- uh, turning that it's really long. That it's episode. one of our longest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we I, I turned it into a trilogy. So um, you know, yeah. that's <laughs> you went deep into the lore as well. Yeah. Like you, you you understand more. Yeah, one of the funny things was we just going. Is that in the law? Yep, that's in the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sounded the ridiculous. Is, yeah, it was like blah 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 blah. Yeah. We we both we, paused, turned yeah. to Tim. Is that a more combat thing? Is that on the law? Yeah, that's on the law. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take a trip to the flesh pits. Is that from the law? Yeah, that's from the law. <laughs> and so, dear listeners, you tight ones especially, we're going to continue this kind of discussion past the paywall, round the back, but for everyone else, please listen to sequelizers and please continue to listen to us. 
Good night. Rocket! <laughs>